0: here on this particular item. That is item 7. This is a disciplinary case of Taxi Commission versus Dries el known as el 1. This is consideration of hearing officer's decision on complaint for various violations. Uh, With regards to that, um, commissioners, the uh, attorney for this this individual um, made what I, in uh, consultation with our city attorney, have determined to be a quote-unquote request for continuance, which um, I decided that should be granted, as the council indicated uh, unilaterally, that she would not be showing up to the hearing. So as a result, I was forced to grant a continuance. I have sent her correspondence in that regard, indicating that her quote-unquote request for continuance uh, was granted, and as a result, uh, she will not be here this evening, neither will will her client. The matter will be continued to December 9th. Also on that day, you will be hearing the summary suspension of the matter of Taxi Commission versus Elisali. This is Elisali 2, concerns the summary suspension of an individual who did not have a California driver's license and was later operating a vehicle without it um, and on suspension. So um, those matters will both proceed on December 9th. So apologize that you had to read. Um, I was equally surprised to discover yesterday morning that the quote-unquote request for continuance was Uh, being made. So item 7 will not be heard this evening or afternoon rather. Uh, The next item is uh, staff report and uh, commissioner announcements and I don't see Sergeant Reynolds um, here. Um, so, if it's okay with you, commissioners, I might like to continue it until later in the agenda. Um, he's always present for it, so. He's uh, expected. He's, yeah, he's expected okay. to. So.
1: I'll go to item three then.
0: Okay, item three is the consent calendar, and uh, before I, um, I have an admonishment, or rather a. Uh, um, statement to read about that all matters listed here under constituted consent calendar are considered to be routine by the Commission and will be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the Commission there will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the Commission so requests in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item and um, we do have a uh, relatively extensive memo um, so through the chair I'd like to request that some of the items be severed for for that reason okay. Uh, that would be B1, um, B2. Uh, even though I referenced B3, I don't have anything on it unless um, someone would like to comment further on that. Um, and G1 and G2. G1. And G2. G2. Yeah, and maybe D2 and, um, D-
1: and B4, I need to recuse, and B3, 5, and 6, Commissioner Benjamin needs to recuse.
0: Yeah, and maybe D1, just so people understand what's going on there. Um, basically, Max Cabs transferring ownership, but we can call that one, sever that one as well it, through the chair if.
1: Okay. okay. So it looks like we're going to have to take section B1 at a time. and... Uh, Then we'll, let's see. Okay. I'll take public comment on the consent calendar now for one minute, and there may be instances where one of the separate items will also allow you to speak. But if there's something you just want to speak on generally, on even the separate items, you can
2: do it now.
0: Um, One more thing about the consent calendar. Um, Due to the holiday, um, because we understand a lot of people would, If they're getting their medallions this evening, we'd like to operate them over the holiday season. There's a lot of visitors in town visit their families here. That's no problem. You can come down to the commission office today and get your medallion if you are granted one. However, we ask, though, that you wait until the entire consent calendar is finished, including people who are severed. The reason for that is due to the numerical progression of the medallions in the office. And so our staff, you can go down there, but um, we're going to have to make a phone call down there to, to authorize the certain people. So please wait until the consent calendar is finished. And then you can go down today, though, and get your medallion if you're granted one. Okay.
3: May I ask, just for clarification's sake, uh, this will be the last meeting for the calendar year um, for our commission, or no? There's one more on December
0: 9th, yeah, and that's a normal 6.30 p.m. time.
3: Okay. And um, perhaps we can do this later or uh, under announcements, but I also wanted to clarify those who are up for a medallion, who have completed their driving requirements but are going into the next year will fall under the new regulations of prorating their driving for that new year? Yeah, we do that every year, so it's it's
0: prorated. So it ends up being like you drive for two days or four days, you know, whatever it ends up being, you know, for 2009, and that's prorated. Right, and and that was part of the new legislation, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. What? Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, Charles.
4: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Charles Rathbone on behalf of Luxor Cab. I just wanted to uh, offer a word of uh, welcome and congratulations uh, to Mr. Agu, Mr. Wong, and Mr. Zuka, who will be receiving ramp taxis medallions this evening, I hope, and will be operating them at Luxor Cab. Luxor continues to be the leader in providing uh, accessible uh, taxi services, and we uh, attribute uh, a large part of that to the uh, very good work of... uh, People like these three gentlemen.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else like the public comment?
5: I just want to clarify. I wanted to actually speak on a separate item so you'll allow public comment. Is it one of
1: the Section B items? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll take a separate public comment on Thank those. You. Okay. Anyone else? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And I notice I also need to recuse on Section E. Those are both yellow cab. Yes, they are. Matters. So we can take a vote on section A, section C, and section F. Is there a motion on those?
6: Motion to approve.
1: Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All, all opposed. Motion passes. Okay, we're going to take section B one at a time. Um, so B one, Director Thickpen
0: yes um, b one so this is um, this is one of the most difficult cases i think i've had to deal with um, since i 've been in this position I have to say at the outset um, it 's been really it 's just a really difficult situation. Um, I wrote it, an extensive uh, memorandum here describing this now, as you know, what I have been doing is sending. Um, issues of factual dispute to the hearing officer. It's a new procedure that um, I tried to do to, you know, so that we could have as much uh, as much as, and as many hearings as possible, so people felt comfortable with the process. Um, so, with this one, um, you know, I decided not to because, you know, there there really wasn't an issue of factual dispute involving waybills, which have been mostly the reason that they go there. Is you know, these waybills might have been falsified, etc. That's not the case here because um, for some of these, of course, we don't, uh, these years, um, specifically 2007, it, I just want to put at the outset, 2008 it says zero way bills. He actually has been driving since he got his A-card in September for 2008, but, but when he turned in the application, of course, he didn't have any and it wasn't two thousand eight wasn't county he, he has been driving continuously since then he informs me and he's here today so you can ask him lots of questions about that um, but he he has driven I think by the end of the year um, I think by the end of the year he'll have eight hundred hours for um, is what he informs me for two thousand eight so be that as it may um, he you know, basically, uh, there's not a lot that I can add that's that's not in the memorandum. I mean, I can answer some questions. He is here. He is here. And uh, I have also given you a letter from American Taxi. Um, I contacted American Taxi and spoke to the manager, um, Paul Madgwick. And uh, I know that there's an area, because I've been to American Taxi um, several times, and I know that there's an area where waybills are kept in American Taxi. Um, where they're stored, and I asked permission from management if I could come um, with you know with another representative from the commission and um, whoever else they they wanted to, and uh, we could just sit in a neutral manner and environment and review um, where they keep these wavels to see if maybe we could see any wavels for for Gabriel, Mr. Gabriel Selassie. Um, however, uh, American taxi management um, denied us that opportunity to review the waybills um, at, the, at the location where they're kept. Um, so I wasn't able to do that. I was trying to, to, to get in there and look at them. Um, they have submitted a letter saying, though, that they don't believe there's any more uh, waybills, or there isn't any. Um, what's really interesting to me about these waybills that are submitted is that someone has crossed out the dates on the waybills um, and written in different dates on them. And Mr. Gabriel Salasi has told me that he did not do that. So the question then becomes, who did do that? Who altered those waybills? Certainly no one in my staff, my office, did, because the first time we saw them was when they came to us as part of his application. So it begs the question of what, why would these waybills be altered as far as the dates? Um, You know, it's just a very, very interesting situation in many ways. Um, Mr. Gabriel Solosi is here, and I invited him to, you know, present a statement, make a statement and uh, about, you know, his situation. And so he's here. I'm sure he would like to make some comments to bolster his uh, statement or possibly not. Maybe he wants to just stand on what he wrote, but um, okay. I'm available question. for questions.
2: Um.
0: Commissioner Pack is here, too.
1: Okay. And uh,
0: Your microphone's not working.
1: Speak louder. Is, is there, this microphone okay. working at all? Or? Now it is. Okay. Um, the staff doesn't have any evidence of him having driven since 2005. Is that what we're saying, except for starting in this year? So there's no A card, there's no police records, there's no n- nothing, there's no way bill, there's no nothing.
0: He, he got his A card, he paid for his A card in calendar year 2006. Um, after the April 30th deadline, I, I, I'm not sure if I attached, I think I attached his, the printout from the treasurer's office, and that shows the date on which he renewed it. Um, so he did renew the, the 2006 A ACAR, um, you know, late. But, you know, a lot of people do that, so it's not, it's neither here nor there. Um, but it does show, you know, that he did, he did renew it, to answer your question. Um, 2007, however, um, he concedes that he was not in the country during that time um, he was dealing with an issue and um, so he wasn't he wasn't here in 2007 um, and then 2008 he came and renewed it on September 9th 2008
1: and September 9th
0: correct this year and he's like like he has told me he he's been driving he'll have 800 hours by December 31st so
1: Okay. Mr. Geber-Selassie, are you here? Is there anyone else that has questions for Director Thigpen before we ask? Hi. Hi. So our question is, under the legislation that we currently live under, you have to have driven three of the previous four years in order to be eligible for a medallion. So what we're trying to determine is, you know, have you driven three of the previous four years as a full-time driver? So feel free to say whatever you'd like on that topic.
7: Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Uh, I've been driving the cab for 15 years. For how? For 15 years. Okay. And this is my full-time job.
0: Can you use the microphone a little more? Sorry. Yeah, there you go.
7: I've been driving a cab for almost 15 years. This is my full-time job. I've been working with Yellow Cab, Tisato, and American Cab uh, from 2004, 6. Before I got this uh, uh, very serious uh, family court matter, I have to, that makes me go to Ethiopia. I submit the whole document here, which is from federal courts and then from Prime Minister from Ethiopia. As soon as I finished. And I came here. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't look like the same, but my, it was a very, very amazing timing for me. Like, when I came here, when I checked my mail, I got my later invited here. And then I, I came here to work, to just to continue my uh, permanent job. And then my, I, I planned uh, everything with driving a cab. For the rest of my life because of the medallia.
1: What is your permanent job? Did
7: you say Driving taxi. Okay. Yeah. I you driving that. taxi. Okay. And then I always, I have my A card always. I maintain my A card always. This is the only time I've been away because of the court case. And then I finished the court case. I have that proof here. And when I come back, uh, I was uh, ready to work at the full time. And when I got the letter, I went and talked to an American cab to submit my uh, way bills, which is I had enough way bill 2006 and 2005, and the guy said keep saying like uh, bring me you get the, get a receipt, and let me see. Uh, I know you drove 2005 six, yeah, I know, I remember. But let me uh, see, I don't have anybody to work on that now because it's too many things to see. I will do it myself. There's let me go whatever it is I will do it myself he didn't, it, he refused me and he asked me if you get medal are you going to bring it here I will bring it it's not a problem and then he's like he said, he let me sign some paper and I signed for him it's okay and later on he said no you're not going to bring it here no, no no. and whenever after that he just changed he just ignored me he's a careless person and he doesn't have anybody to work for, uh, in his office. He's the only one, and then he, uh, he can't get uh, uh, my will uh, to find uh, someone. And then he said, I'm going to hire somebody to get a waybill for you or something. And then he, he's wasting my time. He was wasting my time. And I don't know what to do. And then when he, he, I think he returned my waybill here. When he returned, there's some handwriting, and uh, he said, when he returned, he said, it's 2005 waybill only. But it's mixed. He canceled 2006, and then there's 2005, 2006, 2005. So I need somebody. Okay.
1: okay. Um, when were you on, How long were you out of the country? When did you leave the country, and when did you come back?
7: Okay. I left December. December? December of uh, 2006, December 30. And I submitted that too there. And I came back. After I finished the whole, It, it was a lot of court cases. By the way, there's a lot of paperwork here.
1: Okay, let me just stay with the yeah, question. I came back. When did you come back?
7: In uh, September. Of this year? Yeah. I okay, finished. so you
1: concede that you didn't drive in 2007.
7: Only one year, yeah.
1: Okay, but you started in September and you believe you're going to drive in 2008 to meet the requirement. And what you're telling us is that you drove in 2005 and 2006, but you don't have any evidence. I drove. But you don't have any evidence c- that you drove In 2005 and 2006.
7: I have with the company, American Cap. This
2: is two He has
0: he has waybills from 2005. Like the ones that I'm handing around right now are copies of his waybills. Uh-huh. So those are the ones. These are the only ones that American gave us. Is the ones that were referring.
1: Forty-six waybills. Forty-six shifts. That's what you're that saying. That is
0: correct, and that's what I'm. Talking about, if you look at them, you can see where someone crossed out dates, like there was 06 dates written in them, and someone, and Mr. Gabriel says it's not mm-hmm. him, crossed okay. out the 06 and wrote in 05.
7: At the company. I didn't bring the yeah. label. For
1: sure. You know, there's enough here that I'd be willing to continue this if the staff felt like there was an appropriate opportunity at some point to look into this further and perhaps with the cooperation of Sergeant Reynolds to try to convince American Cabs, a little bit more cooperation might be in order?
0: Yes. Um, we actually, under the rules, are authorized to go in and in physically inspect labels, so perhaps it's time to avail ourselves of that ability on a priority basis. Um, I was hoping that they would agree to it without um, you know, the commission having to get involved, but uh, certainly if well, someone... Well, it's a serious
1: matter for this gentleman, and if if what he said is true, that there was some quid pro quo implied that if he brought his medallion there, that there would be cooperation. And if not, there wouldn't. then that's troubling enough to me that I think we need to
7: look into this further.
8: I have a, I have a question for you. Which, uh, what days did you used to work at the American cab?
7: Every night. Every day? Every, uh, every day. By the way, I work full time Yeah, every day, sometimes like six, six days, sometimes six days. Now, right now, like I work seven days. So i 'm always like that, and then I have the lot I have a lot of cab drivers they know me you know okay they, if,
8: uh, if all of these two thousand five crossed two thousand and sixes were two thousand and sixes then he would i assume be able to qualify even though he missed two thousand and seven or he would be on a time waiver for one year and be able to qualify
0: yeah if he if he had two thousand and five and two thousand and six he would still need one more. Year. He needs three. Right? So he's now claiming that he'll be done with 800 by December 31st, right? Yes. is that what you told yes. me? Yes. So um, that would technically put him at three, uh, although a time waiver would probably be preferable because that way he gets a time waiver and then he does another year. He's not, because technically he he wouldn't, 2008 couldn't meet it. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. One second.
8: What I'm saying is if these ones that are indicating to be 2005 are actually 2006, which gives him qualification for 2006 with what we have here. Yeah. Okay. So he's got 2006. Now he's going to have 2008. Mm-hmm. So if you had a time waiver for 2009, then he'd qualify for medallion after that?
0: No, because the time waiver doesn't freeze the application. So the time waiver means that next year he needs four years. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to turn up something. There's going to have to be some type of evidence.
8: From 2005. From
0: 2005, yeah. yeah. The time mm-hmm. waiver. Yeah.
8: Do you follow that? Do you understand? Uh, yeah. we gotta have four, We have to have four years for you to get a medallion. Next year next year. It's, it's. Well, what about this year then? Three years of this year?
1: Well, next year would be prorated if we did it two weeks into the year. He might right. have like a day or two of driving. So I- he's not going to be in the same problem where we're switching over the years. If he, can, if he can find evidence that he drove in 2005 and 2006 and he completes by the end of the year 2008, then he will qualify under this year. So my suggestion is that we continue this to the first meeting of January and give our staff time to... Are there any, are there
8: any records of him uh, possibly driving from uh, the airport in 2005. Do they go back that far?
0: Well, no, because the the uh, the program of the smart card, right. which is issued to an individual, only started in May, June, late May, early June, 2007. So the answer is, yes, a cab could be spotted at the airport prior to that time yeah. and cashiers, you know, records for cabs themselves. But that doesn't prove that he was actually there. However, um, you know, I'm, I think that we can gain some cooperation from American Taxi now with the commission's blessing that uh, we should avail ourselves of the opportunity to physically inspect uh, waybills at that premise. And uh, Sergeant Reynolds and myself will be paying a visit.
1: I think that's the way to go. So objection, commissioners, both these items will be continue the first meeting of January, Okay. It's including uh, consent calendar, item uh, G2. Okay. I understand, sir, what we're doing. We're going to try to work with you and allow you to present any evidence you can for 2005-2006.
7: Yeah. Okay, okay, yes, uh, but I want to say a little bit about American cap.
1: I think I'd rather he not said, have to do that now. And anything you have to say, you should speak with our director during this process. Okay. I need help. Yeah. Need rather help. than do it in public. Okay. Thank you. Okay.
7: Okay. Then I have uh, a lot of my friends here who knows me, who driving, you know, for a long time. Okay, that's good. Get all that
1: stuff down on paper and make sure that our staff has it.
7: I did. I did. And then okay. they are here also.
1: Thank you. Okay. B. Uh, B two. And I need to recuse on this one, so Vice mm-hmm.
2: President. All
3: right, uh, B2, uh, consideration of the Taxi Commission to grant a tax taxicab, rem- taxicab medallion hold the permit to Woldo we'll Kalati, uh, Executive Director. Do you have a couple
0: of statements on this? Yes. Um, so with this case, what we have is, uh, unfortunately, um, Mr. Kalati, uh, Mr. Kaladi had a DUI, which, uh, frankly, you know, people make mistakes. And uh, if he had just had a DUI and that had appeared on his record, um, you know, some commissioners may have differing views. But, um, frankly, I, you know, my recommendation to you would have been, listen, you know, he made a mistake. He, uh, he, you know, paid his dues. Um, so far he hasn't and hopefully won't. Uh, Commit, um, uh, you know, uh, another violation in that regard, um, but unfortunately, that wasn't the only part of the story. Um, Mr. Kaladi actually, his license was suspended for six months in calendar year 2005 after he was uh, sentenced for the DUI, and uh, he drove at Yellow Cab during that time for the full six months. Um, Mm-hmm. Again the license was suspended in 2007 for a short period of time um for this time for insurance and uh and, and he also drove during that time um, i guess that the issue of the insurance is you know somewhat minor it was you know just we're talking about 9 days and you know it that i guess that sort of thing could happen but um The fact is, uh, someone having a DUI and then having a suspended license for six months, going through a court hearing, court procedure, and then continuing to drive on a suspended California driver's license, I think is, um, I personally don't think it's acceptable, but commissioners could have different views. And, of course, um, I'm just uh, a staff. So it's, you know, that's pretty much all I have to say about that.
3: Can you help me with one thing? Where where was the the breakdown in being convicted of a DUI and that information not and the, the license being suspended and that information not going to Yellow Cab um, at all. And I know you weren't here at this time, uh, but uh, I would like your thoughts on where the breakdown was or do we even have a system in place that well, will take care
0: of that? Um you know, there's there's two issues on that. Um, Yellow Cab, of course, is a private company, and so their procedures would be their domain. Um, I have spoken to management there, and, um, you know, Jim's here. Maybe you know, I don't know if he wants to say anything, but he could probably clear that up for you. Um, with regards, of course, to the government's perspective and what the agency does, uh, you know, this is one of the things I've, I would like to have cleared up is that, you know, we are notified of these kind of things and that people do have to show evidence of a valid non-suspended license when they get their A card renewed at minimum. Uh, I've enrolled us in the employer poll notice program, which many companies are enrolled in, if, if not the companies and the insurance companies are enrolled in it. And um, hopefully sometime next year we will have access to uh, the DMV system so that um, we could run them ourselves at no cost to the drivers. We would be able to run that because the DMV doesn't charge government agencies. So we would then be able to determine if someone had a suspended license um, or not, uh, which would be probably the main thing to check for. I mean, someone has a suspended license. So, uh, But in 2005, of course, I, I can't speak to the, um, the procedures and the leadership that was set up regarding notification of that.
3: And is Mr. Kaladi here? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I actually have a few questions of Mr. Kaladi, if I may. All right. Um, Mr. Kaladi, um when your license was suspended, okay, um, did you drive personally at all? Did you drive your own car as well as
9: a taxi? I never drove my own. I have three children, even when they go to school. I never, I never drove. My wife is here. It's all the burden is for her. Like it was so hard. She she works full time. And uh, we have three children goes to different schools. And she was doing all the things by herself. I was never, never drive. To work, I take bus. Or uh, I drive with friends.
3: And and your DUI, was that on personal time or on uh, work time, your DUI?
9: When you you had your license suspended... Uh, It was was in my personal car.
3: It was in your personal car, and and you weren't working. Uh, uh, You weren't driving a taxi at that time. No. Okay. No. So when they gave you, um, they suspended your license, did anyone talk to you about the fact you shouldn't be driving a taxi cab as well?
9: Yes. Yes. That's, uh, commissioners, that's what I would, tell, uh, I would like to tell you. Honestly, if I, ha- if I had known that, first of all, my wife would never let me to drive that because I don't want to go the second time to jail. I've, I've been for uh, three hours or for four hours. Yeah. <clears throat> I would never jeopardize my kid's life and uh, do the same mistake again. One time is enough. What happened was I have no idea my commercial license was suspended. Honestly, mistake to tell you the truth. I have no idea that you know, commercial things is related with my personal card. That's, that's my stupidity that I, I, I should know. And I'm just, I don't know how to tell you this. I, I'm totally, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not aware of that at all.
3: Okay. Um, that's all the questions I had. Any other commissioners have questions? Well, Mr. Kaladi is here.
8: Okay. Uh, when you were arrested and you went to court, did the district attorney, did anyone know that you were a cab driver?
9: I I, I, don't, I, don't,
8: I mean, they asked you what your profession is usually. I when guess I at, did it. I really, I'm when, they, when they gave you the sentence, was it just for five months, a suspended sentence?
9: No. I went to school. I, in fact... I have to correct that. I don't think it's for six months. Maybe it's for three months or two months. For two months. After I finish the school, immediately they gave me.
0: According to uh, your DMV printout, it was July 31st, December 8th. I mean, I, did, I didn't make it up. It's in No, no, record. I didn't say yeah. make it up. Yeah. I, I just... But, there,
9: so. And the other one, the SR22, is, it was like for three years payment schedule. For some reason, I delay on payments. Mm-hmm. And I get a letter... They never they never took my driver license away, and then I, I take a letter from DMV that your driver license is suspended. How come? And I went to my insurance things. Oh, I have so many bills that we write, and then you forget which one you write. Which one. we have so many bills, and it was delayed for about 15 days. Immediately I pay, and then they re- reactivated it. I, I, but they never take my driver's license away. That that the, the next the second one.
8: When you were arrested, was it involved in an accident or were you just stopped?
9: No. I, uh, what happened is, I, I was in an wedding, Ethiopian wedding, where there, I didn't even drink or, uh, any alcohol. There is a traditional uh, cold like Tella uh, and uh, honey, honey wine. We don't know the, uh, uh, the alcohol level of it. I was, I was a little warm maybe, and then I was going, my, my, my mistake was, Bay Bridge, I have the money. I just put it on the side without payment. I pass the toll, and then here the police follow me, and then I probably smell him. Hey, from where are you coming? And do you haven't the pay toll? Yes, yes. I haven't. I, I, no. I, I didn't know whether I paid or not. And, and uh, he he showed me all the things. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, and, uh, hey, would you come out, and you smell a little bit something? And then, yes, I was in the wedding, but I... And then here we go. I didn't go home that night. And that was the worst... I have been in the United States, in San Francisco, from Ethiopia, for about almost 25 years. My drive license for 23 years was never revoked. This is my stupidest mistake that I get. And in some ways, I'm so happy to get it that I... Learned a great deal for the rest of my life. I, it changed me for the rest of my life. It's, it's but I pay it, it I mean, I mean, it, financially, burden to my wife or the kid, and uh, emotional, all, all the things. But it was it. I get the, I, I get. Until I die, I I okay. get the lesson.
3: Does that answer your question, Commissioner? Okay. Any other questions? You know, I, I have a question actually, and I know you're recused from this. Pub. Did we take public comment on these?
1: Uh, I took general public comment, but I said that when we severed things, that people wanted to speak on the end. Okay. I just want to make sure,
3: sure I
0: don't entry. miss it. Yeah. I just want to make um, one more statement: is that you know he is only Thank he you. is Thank he you. is up for a ramp, so. It's not removing him from the list completely. If he's denied a ramp, he can still remain on the list for a regular medallion. So.
3: Yeah, but I think whatever decision we make uh, tonight affects a future decision because the history is the history. So if we decide the history allows him to have a medallion, that's one thing. If we decide the history does not allow a medallion, I don't think we can say he's going to have a, a, a good future on the other. So I, I think we want to make, make it clear that whatever decision tonight... It affects how we feel about the history of this.
0: Well, you can also place someone, though, on probation and do other conditions. You've done that before, um, like notably with Mr. Ralph Machowski. You put him on probation um, because of issues with him and other people. You've done that. Uh, so, um, and I'm trying to think, I, I think there's been one or two cases where you have denied you a ramp sit down. You um, sit down. and then you gone ahead much. later on, you know, a couple of years later after th- there's been a distance between, you know, the issuance of something and then they're actually coming up on the regular list and then you've gone ahead and granted the regular and denied a ramp. So many people have been denied ramps over the years and have still remained on the list and, you know, it happens all the time. So,
3: Okay, well, let's take public comment at this time. Anyone uh, to speak? On this matter, just line up and Jim, go ahead. You first. What? Uh, oh, um, let's do a minute with latitude. If there's a question to be had, the commissioners will ask it.
5: Yeah. Uh, commissioners, uh, Jim Gillespie, management at Yellow Cab. And um, I looked up Mr. Uh, uh record at Yellow Cab. He first started driving at Yellow Cab in May of 1990. Been there for 18 years, been an excellent driver. I have a copy of his uh, DMV printout because I was curious about it. Time and uh, all I could find on his record was that DUI. So it looks like he has a good driving record. Um, He was interviewed by the ramp community and found to be qualified to drive a ramp. Uh, So here's a guy that just should be at the top of the list, is well qualified, career driver. And I don't want to minimize what happened. He He made a bad mistake. Um, but I would like to be able to put this into perspective of, of, of taking cases individually and look at what he's done as a driver for you know, almost 20 years of his life. Uh, you've heard his comments, the mistake he's made, and I, I think that uh, some latitude should be given to his, his application. Thank you, Jim. Right yeah, on. And if you have any questions.
8: <laughs> yeah, Jim, uh, what is the policy at Yellow Cab now? If, if a guy has a suspended license, how, how does that affect his, his ability to drive, is there any notification to you, or what do you have in that process?
10: That
5: Since 2005, um, things have changed. But actually, I, I'm talking, because I said this happened again in 07. What was happening, back in 2005, uh, we would run uh, a report every six months. And I looked, and we had ran a report on him in June of 05, and the license said valid. And then I found the printout for July of, um, of 06, and it said valid, but if you looked in the fine print, it was on there. We missed it. I mean, we, the DUI was on there, but somebody's probably scanned the reports and saw license valid and moved on. Um, here in 07, um, I just don't think we picked that up. I, I did look and I got his printout here, and it was uh, suspended for eight days from uh, the 12th of December to the 20th of December. Well, I guess he showed that he, in fact, he did have insurance, and so they reinstated it. Um, but we weren't aware personally of either one of these things until yesterday uh, when I was looking into it and I decided to get in our records. And uh, something that we have gone to recently that I think maybe Jordana was re- referencing was uh, now we can on a regular basis, on a daily basis, I can go into somebody's thing in their DMV and it's not a full DMV report. They won't give you addresses and so forth, but it will say if he has any uh, any points and if his license is valid. And so now we are checking things on a regular basis so I don't think something like this would slip by us again.
3: Okay, thanks,
11: Jim. Next speaker. I know Mr. Waldo for the last 15 years, good driver, good person, family man, and I don't understand just because of a mistake he made four years ago. And now you're, you're trying to... Uh, deny him a, a medallion um, we all make a mistake we do make a mistake and we deserve a second chance he's been waiting for the last 15, 16 years to get this medallion now all of a sudden he just found out recently uh, a, a DUI in his uh, report from the DMV now he's done I just don't understand I urge you please Let him have the medallion and get on with his life and with his family and kids. Thanks. Thank you. Next speaker.
10: Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, My name is Gita Onasafa. I'm from DeSoto Cap. Uh, I know Mr. Waldo for the last 25 years. It's very unfortunate to know that this gentleman has been convicted of uh, DUI. And uh, he's a very good, good person and a good taxi driver in San Francisco. He deserves to have this medallion. He waited this long. He drove for 20 years. I believe he has a clean record except this blemish on his record. Please consider that. He's a very nice gentleman, and he serves the community well. He got three kids to send to school, and he's been a good parent. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Next speaker.
12: My name is McCormand. I know him uh, for uh, 23 years and he's a very good driver and uh, he's been driving almost 18 years. I know him. Uh, we've been searching together. He's a good driver. And he got a family just, you know, he's, he's a nice person. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Next
13: speaker. Hi, commissioners. My name is Mahbeth. I'm the wife of Waldo Kaladi. Um, after his uh, drive license suspended, um, I was the one who was driving kids back and forth from school. Uh, he never drive our car. Uh, but he was driving taxi because we didn't know that's going to affect his career as a driving taxi. Um, but if I knew that, he will never ever drive been driving the taxi, but um, having his uh, medallion is a big deal for us, so give him a a second chance. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. Next speaker.
7: Uh, Good afternoon, Commissioner. Uh, My name is Elias Demisi. I'm driving a a, a national cab in the county of San Francisco. But the reason I'm here today for talk about, uh, I guess this is the first time you see my face in this office. So the reason why I'm here today, because a friend of mine, he got denied by to get a medallion because he's really bothering me. Because uh, why I'm here today, because I'm talking about his company in the past. He's working for the American Cap, because we heard a lot of complaints about this company.
3: Yeah. Excuse me, who are you speaking about?
7: Uh, I'm talking about my friend, he tried to get a medallion.
3: Right, right, but are you speaking about uh, Waldo Kalati?
7: Kalati, no, no, Kalati.
3: Kalati? We're only taking comments on on Mr. Kalati right now. Okay. Okay, so come back. I thought Mm, thought you were
7: taking for a public comment.
3: No, 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 just for Mr. Kalati right now. Sorry about that. That's all right, that's all right.
14: Hi, my name is Sam Sinat. I'm here for uh, Waldo and uh, I know the guy for a long time and he's, uh, he's a good man and I think being a good man it makes you a good driver I guess and uh, uh, his DUI is a misdemeanor, it's not a felony so I don't think it's a, it has the, uh, uh, the same impact as a, as a felony and it's just a misdemeanor most of the like a lot of people probably in this room have a DUI so I don't think it's a, something criminal uh, that Uh, that he had uh, four years ago. So I think that, you know, uh, he should get it because he's been waiting all these years, and uh, um, he's just a good uh, family man, and he deserves it. That's pretty much it.
2: Thank you. Next speaker, Mark.
15: Uh, Mark, Luger. I haven't seen the file in this case, but if, if his one mistake was one DUI four years ago, uh, that should, I do not believe that that should prevent him from getting a medallion. Uh, I believe that uh, people make mistakes in life, and um, you do not want to send the message that if you have made that mistake that after that all is hopeless, um, people should have a chance to redeem themselves. So uh, those are my comments. Thank
3: you. Thanks, Mark. Next speaker, Barry.
16: Uh, Barry, Toronto. <coughs> excuse me, I have a cold. At least he didn't fake his waybills. Unlike, uh, if, uh, if, if people made mistakes like that, at least he drove his shifts and his waybills are in line. Unlike other uh, applicants before you whose waybills have been in question. So I think uh, he's well-deserved this medallion and he can serve the, ramp, the, uh, the disabled community well. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Anyone else? Line up if there are any others. Otherwise, you'll be the last speaker, Peter.
17: Uh, happy Thanksgiving, commissioners. You know, uh, the lopsided values here that this commission displays uh, is just atrocious. Uh, you know, we used to just give medallions away for absolutely nothing. You didn't have to drive a cab you didn 't even have to have a driver 's license, but when you got when your name came up, you got a medallion now that went on for during this commission 's life for about f- five or six years and now you come down on cab drivers because of something they did that i don 't even know if this was on the job or not, but frankly, you go into somebody 's personal life and you dig up something. And you, and you put the hex on them. What kind of values do you have here in this commission? It's just atrocious.
2: Thank you, Peter. You uh, want that, thing uh, to please stop
3: that. Um, I would like to clarify something, because much of the public comment has been about the DUI. And it is not as much about the DUI. I think we all up here can see that that's not been a pattern of behavior for this particular driver, that this driver is a good driver. The issue is about driving on a suspended license. And I would like to make a couple of comments personally about that uh, uh, as I see it. Um, The the DUI, the license was suspended due to a DUI on personal time, the first time, the first time, on personal time. And he applied the suspension on a personal basis. He did not drive his own car. So I believe that he felt he was fulfilling what was expected of him and that it fell through the cracks with no proper procedures in place to determine um, that he shouldn't be driving the taxicab. I think that if he had known he wasn't supposed to be driving the taxicab, I personally believe that he would not have driven it since he didn't drive personally and he got the suspension on a personal basis. So it's it's not about the DUI. I don't see any pattern of behavior there, but it is about whether or not we believe that this was – Uh, that that driving on the suspension was willful or was it just because he did not know and because there was nothing in place to tell him so so that's my comment Um, anyone else
8: ready to go Okay, I make a motion that we uh, uh, allow this medallion to go through uh, with uh, just some conditions that uh, his uh, DMV printout be shown to the uh, director or the commission for the next six months Uh, for the next year, every six months. And I think Jim can probably help him with that. And Just just for a fact, uh, we want to make sure that he is not going to get suspended again for either lack of insurance or for whatever reason uh, that he may lose his license and drive. And that he should also understand that when your license is suspended, that means you, you cannot drive a cab either. And furthermore, I want to compliment Jordana on spotting uh, this particular issue because this is the issue that you're presenting waybills when you're on a suspended driver's license. We don't want people driving cabs with suspended driver's license for whatever reason. It's not up to us to suspend your driver's license. But do you understand that if you're driving a cab, you get a suspended license, you're going to lose your livelihood. So don't drink and drive. Don't drive erratically. Don't get in trouble. We can't help you that way.
2: I move a
3: motion in a second before we go to a vote. Any other f- discussion?
18: I, in the short time that I've been here, I, in the last meeting, I, I saw what seemed like it could be a mild inconsistency in some of these rulings, and I'm worried that this sends a message to the public, um, because it's very public, what, what we rule on this. And I, I just don't want to take it lightly, although it's very clear to me it seems like he's a good person. A good driver. We we have to just look at the whole picture and and what the what the rules are, and um, it's just a concern that I have about putting putting this out as a precedent.
3: Um, Yeah, I I concur that we don't want to have a precedent of people driving with suspended licenses, and I think we made that clear. And I think we need to tighten up the the procedures of DMV. And of of their records with our staff records, which I believe our executive director says she's in the process of doing. Um, we need to make sure that that is tight so that even if someone doesn't understand what they should be doing, we have a, a safety net here for the public. So I share that concern. I'm glad I, I'm glad you heard
2: that.
19: Yeah. yeah like to say a few words. Uh, definitely, of course, DUI and driving while suspended with suspended license is unthinkable. Um, it, it is uh, really. I'm looking at, at the consistencies really um, uh, within the taxi company and. And also in, in our office, we got to have some kind of consistency in terms of dealing with this kind of situation. Uh, although we're talking about the fact that it's been done, and thank God that you didn't have any accident or anything like that, and it was the only case. But um, I share all the uh, most of the public comments and fellow commissioners concerned that that there should be some kind of consistencies and there should be some kind of uh, uh, information that that everybody is clear about what has to be done in this kind of situation. And what alarms me is also the driver's responsibility. As a driver, there's a certain responsibilities that you cannot just not know or forget about it. I think it is very, very important, as much as we all work together um, for the uh, uh, c- citizens of San Francisco, uh, the writer and uh, taxi companies and, and taxi industries and all the stakeholders. So I want to make sure that um, uh, Mr. Calati you understand the responsibility as a taxi driver and I want to let everybody know out there if you're a driver please make sure that you really know what you're doing because if you don't that you might not get help if you don't know what you're really doing um, we, within that context I will go along uh, approving this medallion but that's what I wanted to say thank mm-hmm. you
3: all right. Then we have a motion and a second on the floor to approve this medallion. Shall it, is it necessary to take a roll call? Uh, I'll take a roll call. Take a roll call.
0: Commissioner Neto? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Benjamin. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Pack. Yes. Commissioner Breslin? Yes. Commissioner Tom. Yes. Okay.
3: All right. Then congratulations. To you. Um, and I do just want to mention I have to excuse myself for a meeting down the hall. I'll be back. So,
1: President, can you do my other yellow one uh, before before you leave? Because I have to recuse myself on that.
3: The meeting starts right now. I'm already late. Um, which one? There's no controversy it's on it. Just B4. B4. just, B4. B4. Oh, just to recu- oh, All right then. If there's no controversy on it, uh, would you read that, please?
0: Yes, B4 is Wosen andil Indel, Indalkachu, Yellow Cab Alternative Fuel. Uh, medallion, and it is clear he's cleared on the background check. He's cleared on the yeah. background check. Wonderful. Sometimes they come through. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Amazing, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, do I have a motion?
2: Motion. Second.
0: All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none. Medallion's awarded. And E1 and two. Sorry, oh. E1 and E2 is a color scheme change. For E1 is uh, Vibun uh, okay. Vanek. Vonak- Kitty Kuhn, that's really a really hard one, <laughs> and Thomas Ang is E2, the um, two color scheme changes. I see that we were required to waive notice. Do we need to do that formally? Yes, you would have to uh, take a vote on waiving notice as to E2. And E1. I think they both start. Um, yes, that's correct. Okay.
3: So do I have a motion to waive the notice required for this consideration?
2: I move. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, second? Second. Second. All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Now to the matter.
0: Okay. Uh, E1 and E2 are color scheme changes. E1 is beta yellow and E2 is
3: DeSoto to yellow. All right. And are we allowing um, public comment on these? No. If it's necessary, if anyone needs public comment on this one? No. Okay. Seeing none. Any motion?
2: Motion to uh, go Through. ahead. Second.
3: Second. Any discussion?
1: Seeing none. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. Motion passes. Thank you, Vice President Breslin. Opposed. Okay. Okay, now we need to go to uh, items B3, 5, and 6. Yes. And I believe you have... Uh, do you ne- need a comment on B3? or? Just
0: a- B3, um, you know, uh, he he admitted... to.
1: It's in the memo.
0: Um, yeah, he admitted to a conviction that would have been grounds to deny, um, but staff is recommending that, um, you know, he made a mistake, and uh, he. it looks like he wasn't completely at fault for the incident, and so staff recommends that he, you know, and he's. there's been no history since then. It was just looks like it was a really unfortunate incident, um, and we spoke, and he's, you know, we, we agree on that point, and so staff recommends that he... You, Overlook that, you know, um, it happened a long time ago, and he's there's been no, no issues since. So,
1: okay, is there anyone who wants to comment on these three items? Seeing none, public comment closed.
6: Motion, Motion to Neto? approve.
1: Second, all in favor, aye. 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 Any opposed? Maldallians pass. passed. Congratulations, Mr. Agu, Wong, and Zuka. Okay, uh, where are we at? D1.
0: Yeah, D1. So um, under the code, the commission is required to um, approve any transfer of ownership of a color scheme, and that's exactly what's happening here. So um, people might have, you know, wondered, why is this on the agenda? And, again, it's required by the Municipal Police Code. Whenever there's a, um, you know, whenever there's a transfer, then you approve it. So nothing really to add about it.
1: Okay. Any questions, commissioners? Is there a motion?
6: Motion.
1: All in favor? Aye. Aye. oppose. Uh, opposed? am passes. Okay. Uh, we're now to G1, I believe,
0: is the yes. last agenda item. G1 was continued from last time. Um, this is a very complicated set of facts, which I tried to detail, uh, painstaking detail so that everything would be out on the table. Um, essentially, uh, this is a time waiver request, and um, y- you know. I've
2: Excuse me. I'm sorry.
0: Can we have uh- um, Mr. Barry Toronto? Could you please be quiet? Thanks. Um, so yes, uh, we have we have here um, a, again a very complicated set of facts. I'm not going to walk through the entire set. What I would like to do instead is to take questions, if anyone has any questions about uh, the chronology that I tried to lay out. Um, essentially what we have here is a, just a set of, uh, you know, clerical errors basically on a lot of pe- different people's parts, including the applicants. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that um, this applicant is not qualified. So the time waiver, and this goes back to your prior uh, Statements about uh, time waivers, um, you know, there has to be a purpose for granting the time waiver. There has to be some hope that the time waiver is going to actually have an impact. And unfortunately for Mr. Massoud, who it's nothing against him personally, he's a, he's a really nice guy, and he's been very great to come in the office, and, you know, we've he's been very professional and courteous with, with everyone, and we've tried to do the same. And it's nothing against him personally, but, you know, we have to do our duty here and, you know, spell out what's, what the reality is. And that's what we tried to do here. Um, so if there's any questions, I could uh, answer them.
1: Is Mr. Masood, here? Oh, you're here. Okay. Your name is Charsugi? Your first Charsugi, name is Masoud. Okay, Charsugi. Um, when did you start driving a taxi? When did you get your first A card? Uh,
12: I got my A card in 2006. First time I drove a cab was in 92 in South San Francisco.
1: In 92 in South San Francisco? Correct. When did you first drive in San Francisco? When did you get your- uh Oh, six. In December of 06? Yes.
12: December or six. Uh, yes.
1: So he would have only, I mean, if you drove in 2007 and
12: 2008, I drove full time in 2007 and 2008.
1: As I see it, just, just doing the math here, there's no way, even if you had an, another year extension, you couldn't get a medallion because you have to, next year you'd have to have driven four out of five years.
12: Well, the time waiver that, uh, Describing the offer that I received uh, make me want to believe that I can use that time waiver to complete my third year.
6: Your third year? Correct.
12: Correct. For
1: next year, you're going to need four years out of five years. Yeah, but... uh, You would have had to have driven in 2006, in other words, 2006, and eight, to get a medallion this year. And you didn't get an A card until December 2006, so... Even if we grant a, you a waiver for next year, you would never be able to meet the requirements of Daily Ma, which is, you know, previous driving.
12: I, I have difficulty understanding that for, for uh, some reason. It seems like uh, if you're providing someone with a grace period to make a payment, and once that payment is made within that grace period, you're going to charge them late fee. Uh, I mean, what is the time waiver do then If uh, if doesn't hold my position and it and it does say it does hold my position Uh, but you're saying the requirement will change.
1: What I'm saying is mathematically you would never be able to meet the requirements of the law which is three out of four years this year if you were to get the medallion this year you would have had to driven in the full year for 06, 07 and 08 and next year that goes to four out of five years so you next year even if we were to grant you a time waiver for next year you would still only then have three out of the previous five years. As I understand it, do I have this right?
0: It does hold your place. I mean, I guess an analogy is that we have the Highway 101 and we have the Highway 80, okay? And so we have the Highway 101 is the regular people who are traveling along and they come up on the list and they meet all the requirements and then they get the medallion. Highway 80 runs parallel to Highway 101, at least in some parts. People are traveling along the same highway, They're at the same position, but they're not on the same highway. Then when they come up on Highway 80, they get to come over to Highway 101. Do you understand?
12: Yeah. Also, there are a lot of clerical errors that one, uh, I just learned that I received my first offer in 2003. Uh, In 2002, I gave a change of address to Taxi Detail Office, which they never put it in. In 2003, I went back there to see why I'm not receiving any letter, any mail.
0: But, Mr. Masoud, the bottom line is that in 2003, you didn't even have an A-card and you weren't driving a taxi. So how would you have qualified, even if you had gotten the offer letter, you would have been removed from the office at that time? To,
12: how am I supposed to know that I have to have an A-card? By asking you, your office, or... Ca- or how are you
0: ca- supposed to know you're, to drive a taxi?
12: No. How am I supposed to know that I have to have an A-card? So I'm, I'm, I need to ask someone who knows. Taxi Commission Office or Taxi Detail Office. When I went to the Taxi Detail Office, I asked the personnel who was working there. And when it it says not driving a San Francisco taxi under employer, that's not my handwriting. That's the handwriting of the personnel working there that day. And that's after I asked her about the qualifications. And I told her that I never drove a taxi cab in San Francisco. And this medallion is extremely important to me. So I need to know everything that I should know about the requirements. And she, get, she told me that I need only 12 months of driving, and if I don't have that, they will provide me with a time waiver to complete that. I have a copy of that, too. Uh, so that's for 2003 when they first mm-hmm. sent me a, a, an offer for, for RAM. And never, ever bothered to give me a position number on my ramp. They always gave me a position number on the regular. Uh,
1: You know, I know you're blaming a lot of other people for your situation here, but I think the fact that you got your first letter in 2003 and you had never been a San Francisco cab driver says something to me. And the fact that you didn't get an A-card even after that until December of 2006, you know, tells me that... You weren't a San Francisco cab driver, and so this is what the law here is intended to give the medallions to: individual working San Francisco cab drivers, not Daly City, South San Francisco, people who live somewhere else to another job. It's not it's not a reward in any way for putting your name on the list 15 years ago. It's it's a permit that's given to an individual working driver who meets the requirements. And I'm sympathetic to you if you want to continue to be a cab driver in the future. That you know, it'd be nice to have a medallion, but. You don't meet, and physically and mathematically can't meet our requirements. And so, unless you have something else for us, I
12: well, I, I did ask the personnel who was working there about the qualifications, and nothing was mentioned about uh, card and, and she. What year
1: are you talking about? 2003. Right. Okay. Well, that's not really before us here tonight. You know, what happened in 2003? I mean, if someone, if you were offered a medallion in 2003, I, I would think that the first thing you would do is figure out, you know, what it would take to get that medallion. And you probably would have understood then that you had to have a, a year. I think in 2003 you had to have a year. That
0: was prior. before Daily Ma, so yeah.
1: So you would have been unqualified even in 2003 since you'd never been a San Francisco driver. Even if you would have...
12: I I do have a copy of the requirement right here that says that I need 12 months of driving, and if I don't have that, I can apply for a time waiver. So
1: you not only didn't apply for a time waiver, you didn't even get an A-card and begin to drive.
12: I didn't know that they sent me an offer. They didn't even check anything. Okay. In in 2000...
6: Commissioner Onato, do you have a question? Just Did you ever go to taxi school? Did you ever go to classes? Yes. They didn't say that you needed an A-card in your class?
12: No, I went to the taxi school uh, in 2006.
8: Yeah, but he wasn't driving before. See, the law changed. There was a law before that you had to have a one-year requirement, and then we got into daily law and it set up a different schedule, and that's what you're involved in now. We can't go back and say you deserve a, a medallion from 2003 because you, you never drove a cab and you would have supposedly been able to qualify with a time where it's not the same. It's not going to work out mathematically for you now because it's been a progressive thing. Three out of four is going to come up, and you're never going to have it. You're always going to be one year late. So, unfortunately, we can't do anything for you because if we change the rule for you, then everybody's going to get up here and scream at us. So you're stuck on it.
12: Well, I, I felt you know, since they didn't put my change my address in 2002, I should be grandfathered in. Uh,
8: doesn't work like
1: that. Are there any other questions? That's that's all. Thank you. Okay. There's a recommendation um, or that's a
6: consideration
1: to grant a time waiver. We can either vote to deny or accept.
6: Motion, um, motion to deny a time waiver.
8: I'll second that. All
1: in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes. Okay, Director, I guess we're back on staff report and commissioner announcements. Yes,
0: and we are joined by Sergeant Reynolds now, so I will go forward with that. Um, and so I'm also joined today by Tamara Odisho of the office. Um, let see here. So, um, yeah, if anyone's still here, like Mr. Agua, see you here. Since we're finished with consent calendar now, you can go over to the commission office to get your medallion if you want to. Okay. And anyone else who's still here, just feel free to go on over to the uh, commission office. And you can you can, uh, you can, can get your medallion if you were granted one today. Okay. and um, Okay. Um, yeah. So um, anyone else who's still sitting here, that is.
1: Congratulations, sir. You just got yeah. a medallion.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: go I'll ahead. And, for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's your lucky day. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yes. So staff report. Um, we had a wonderful taxi driver appreciation lunch. Um, thanks to everyone who attended. Um, several commissioners were, were there and uh, we really appreciate you coming. And I know the drivers did. There were many, some of the company representatives in the audience um, who, who were there. Um, it was very well attended. Very nice event. Um, Hopefully once our merger takes place, um, MTA will keep up those types of events. Uh, Maybe we can even do another, like a a party, (laughs) maybe at night with alcohol involved. Um, (laughs) Closer to the date of the merger. Um, So let's see. I have a couple, um, beyond what I, uh, just just a couple things to highlight in my report. Um, First of all, I was a presenter at the uh, Responsible Hospitality Institute Conference, um, I sent Scott from the office, and myself went. Um, people in other cities um, are crying out for a taxi commission, and we're just really interested in learning about how they set up taxi stands. And you know, we don't really it's a problem enough here in a big city trying to get service late at night, but uh, what other cities face is just unbelievable. They've had to go to these things called you know staggered closings for clubs because they're letting all the people out at the same time. Um, they have really big bandit problems, um, 2 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. Bandits are just plaguing and picking up these people and leaving and not serving the city the rest of the time because they're illegal, and, um, you know, it's, it's a really big problem. So we're, we're, you know, light years ahead. It's hard to imagine, but we're light years ahead. Additionally, um, we uh, had a rules and regulations subcommittee. Um, Regarding taxi wraps, I've had a couple companies, and I I don't know exactly what happened, but there was some confusion. Just because the commission's not approving taxi wraps anymore doesn't mean you don't have to seek permission. You still have to come in and get it approved in the office. So please don't just, you know, wrap your taxi without telling anyone. Um, Let's see what else. I guess um, I do have a special announcement um, as soon as I find it. I have two reimbursement checks to hand out for Desoto Cab and Yellow Cab, um, and I see representatives for both companies. I have $36,000 for Yellow Cab <laughs> and $2,000 for Desoto Cab. These are um, back mid reimbursement grants, so I'd like to present them to you. Um, so every day you get a check for $36,000, Jim, right? <laughs> I've never
1: seen you guys move that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Of- um, this is payload of Jim Gillespie and Jordana <laughs> <and> Thigpen. <can. laughs> Um, so, yeah, this is for the BACMID uh, reimbursement for CNG grants for Yellow Cab, $4,000 each for nine vehicles. And DeSoto, one hybrid so far, and we're processing the other four. So you'll get another 8000 very soon. <laughs> yeah, every commission meeting. But actually, on that point, we have um, a lot more grant cycles coming up. Anybody, And we'll talk about this a little bit more when we do the Clean Our Taxi Program report. But anyone who hasn't applied yet for grants, I've only had applications from uh, four companies so far. So um, I'd like to see the rest of you, and there's no reason why people can't be getting grants. I mean, we still have $4,000 grants for CNGs, so we really need to get some people in here for these grants. It's just money that is going to go back to the state, and we don't want that to happen. Um, Okay, Uh, let's see. And then the other thing is um, I attached a list of um, lost medallions on the back of uh, my staff report. Uh, we've had a really big problem with lost medallions lately. Yellow's actually instituted a brand-new procedure involving the scanning of medallions, if you can believe that, out of desperation, because so many medallions are just ending up, quote-unquote, lost or stolen. Um, so thanks to YellowCap for initiating that process, but um, it just shouldn't have to go down like that. So I attached a list on the back. So if anyone has seen, have you seen me, you know, this is the name of this list. And so if anyone sees these medallions out on the street, please let the companies and myself know. I'm sure everyone would be happy to have their safe return. Uh, and then I also touched a bulletin regarding a very important um, crime bulletin from Sergeant Reynolds. And uh, I would like to ask Sergeant Reynolds to come forward now um, to present his portion of the staff report.
20: Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, Dana, Which uh, um, anyway, uh, we've been extremely busy again at the uh, taxi detail. Uh, just to let you know, there are currently two criminal or two criminal uh, investigations going on right now. One involving uh, gratuities, and then the second misuse of um, uh, permits for uh, in lieu of medallions. Um, which which is. Which of the uh, flyers were you uh, referring to, the one with the limousine or one with the taxi cab?
0: The one involving a sexual assault by limousine driver. Um, this was the one involving the yeah. Giants.
9: Yeah.
20: Right. Uh, good news is that we identified who that driver was. That information uh, has in fact been given to the, local, the, the the proper police department, and then they're going to be proceeding with it to see if they can make a criminal case. So again, I want to thank the industry and everybody out there on the streets watching and looking. Uh, Currently, we are looking for a cab. There is a bulletin out on that. Um, It's called Buddy Cab, and apparently they are also involved in a sexual assault, and I do not have the license plate of that vehicle, and anybody that sees a cab out there that says Buddy Cab's on the back, it is a pirate. It's seen in the uh, Marina District, and please, if you can get the license plate to that vehicle, get it to me as soon as possible. Do not approach the driver. Um, I don't have anything else for you. Unfortunately, it's been very busy. Um, We will be sending out a uh, we will be sending out two blast facts to the color schemes. One will be discussing the smart card at the airport. We're going through the final language at the airport. And that, again, as long as they're in agreement, um, what it basically says is what I talked about earlier. The smart card is, in fact, the property of the airport. If anybody other than the person that the card was issued to is in possession of it and does not turn it in, uh, they will be subject to administrative and criminal sanctions. Um, It is to be treated as lost property. It is not to be held at the uh, color scheme. It is not to be um, uh, put in a bowl anywhere where anybody can come and pick it up. So uh, the airport has the final. Their attorneys are going over it to make sure that the wording is proper, and then that will be sent to all the color schemes where it needs to be posted in a place uh, for at least two years, letting drivers know that they cannot be using anybody else's smart card. Uh, and then the second one also is getting the final review is the issue on gratuities that under no circumstances will any color seam receive any gratuity for any kind of dispatched runner service or preferentials treated vehicle. And other than that, the only other thing that uh, I can let you know is that uh, the limousine wars are heating up. Um, we had an issue last week that uh, I, I, I will let Jordana tell you what occurred. But I am starting to get tremendous amounts of pressure from the limousine industry. Um, They are feeling our bite. And last weekend um, we got three and a newspaper article came out um, the Sunday before. And it pretty much breaks down exactly what's going on out there. It talks about all the illegal limousines and what they're doing. And our new policy now is whenever we pull a limousine driver over, with hotel guests in it. We give them a copy of that and explain the law, how the hotel violated the law and whatnot, and we're requesting if they go and take that to corporate headquarters. So that has had a profound effect of uh, getting compliance with the hotels. They do not want to hear corporation getting complaints from customers. So as I said, we are starting to really get some heat with regards to this, but... um, And finally, what I found, and it kind of hit me as an epiphany, Is that over 50% of all the illegal drivers, all 50% of all the illegal limousine drivers, are prominent or are permanent, contemporary? I'm sorry, current A-card holders. And I've been asking all of these drivers, why are you betraying your own industry? And the uh, the response is all the same, in that they cannot get shifts at their color schemes. They have an A-Card, they have gone through this process, and if they can't get a cab, they'll get a limo, but they have to feed their families. So I think we're over 7,000 drivers right now.
0: About 7,700.
20: And we have a little over 1,400 medallions.
0: We have uh, issued now about 1,442.
20: So if you do the math, you've got a lot of people out there that, that, that can drive a cab, but they don't have the opportunity, so we are starting to see that now filter back into the limousines. And it was kind of surprising for me because it's not the outsiders coming in; it's actually people from within this business just trying to feed their families.
1: Well, you know, right. people who work in gas chambers would use the thing that well, I was feeding my family, I don't really accept the "feed my family" right. Ar- arg- uh, you know, argument because it's it's really. That's a very convenient sort of self-serving argument that people use all the time to justify what they're doing in terms of breaking the law. And cab drivers who are doing this are, to me, even worse. And, you know, if there's no shifts, there's no shifts. It doesn't mean you start going out and freelancing and, and renting a car and acting like a taxi. So I appreciate what you're doing on this, Sergeant. And, uh, you know, if there's pushback, that means something good is happening.
20: Well, again, I bring it to your attention. Just what we're finding out there, I don't know if we want to come up with some kind of sanctions when we find an A-card holder that is acting illegally as a taxicab, if maybe a revocation of that A-card is something that we need to consider. But it's just something that I'm finding, and this is the excuse that I'm being given every time. Absolutely. And that ends my report, unless you have any questions.
1: Anyone have questions?
0: Yeah, um, the incident he's referring to involved a disciplinary case in which um, limousine drivers testified and attacked Ron in my office as well for the work that we're doing. So we took that as a sign that we're doing a good job.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and we have support of this commission. And, again, that's just not an excuse that people are feeding their families. I, it's That, that phrase always rubs me the wrong way when people are doing something wrong. Thank you. Thank you.
0: One more thing, um, there was a guest that had to leave. Uh, There's a new announcement. Um, The York Hotel, which is at Sutter and Leavenworth, it's 940 Sutter, is becoming the Hotel Vertigo. And they're having a very special celebration for taxi cab drivers on December 2nd, between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., 12 hours, um, for grab-and-go refreshments and a chance to win a grand prize. So they want to attract people to come, and they're going to... give out refreshments and have a party for drivers. So please everyone stop by, get some refreshments. That's it for staff reporting lists.
1: Okay, are there any commissioner announcements?
8: I have a question. Uh, I heard you say that there's about 60 medallions that have not been issued. That is correct. What is it, uh, where, What medallions are these? Just ones that are turning over regularly or are these the ones that we've approved?
0: They're the ones it might, might be like 50 now. There's, they've See, because of the timeline by which they were approved, and then, you know, now it takes, we give them time to get their application in, et cetera. Some people wanted time waivers, and there's been different things. So we're issuing them as fast as we can. Plus, we were only allowed to issue 10 per month, as you may recall. So we're still in the process of issuing those from the 69 that were approved by Board of Appeals. And, yes, fresh ones come in all the time. But tonight, took care of some more, and, you know, we're getting them out as fast as we can. Yeah, there'll be a bunch on for December 9th, so...
1: Believe me, there's no great demand right now. It's probably as slow as I've seen it in my whole life.
0: Look at notice section A. There's 14 of them on there.
8: Okay, yeah, but we've been hearing it both ways, uh, Paul. We just yeah. heard that uh, everybody else complained that we don't have any cabs to drive, so we've got medallions that we haven't issued. That's the same no, I'm, thing. I'm
1: talking about the amount of business out there. I, I understand yeah. what you said, but yeah. we both ways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Any public comment? On staff report and commissioner announcements, I'll take public comment for one minute.
11: Well, I have a special place in my heart for any cab driver that would go out and steal from his friends is the way I put it to them when I see them. and I say this for the public's listening benefit. One of the drivers that I fired who is now a limo driver got into an argument with a motorist and knocked him to the ground. He's now, he's now your limousine driver. And I think Jordana put it the best way. When you get into a black town car, you might just as well be hitchhiking because you don't have any idea about that driver. Thank you.
1: That's right. Thank you.
21: My name is Rua Grafis and I'm with United Taxi Cap Workers. And it's... I certainly appreciate drivers who are not able to make a living wage as driving a cab because they can't get enough shifts. But if the permit holders were not getting $25,000 a year, then that $30 or $40 every shift that's going into the permit holder's pocket might be enough to keep these people from turning into illegal limo drivers.
16: Barry, Toronto here. I, I appreciate uh, Hotel Vertigo uh, doing this for drivers. However, this uh, handout says uh, one driver per medallion number. That's not fair. You know how many drivers drive per medallion? So, therefore, uh, only one person gets to turn in one of these uh, driving medallions. So that's, that's not right. Also, I saw the list of hotels that are owned by the, um, um, by the personality hotels. I believe one of the hotels... I showed up for an airport and they actually um, wanted money out of me. So, uh, of course, I did not give it to them and took the airport and, and the uh, cab County manager got a call and the manager came in and told me never to pick up from that hotel again. So I'm concerned uh, about the, whether the, they'll have a policy for the hotel staff will require gratuities or graft, as they say, uh, to take people to the airport uh, from this uh, this newly named hotel, uh, and also where the agendas we're supposed to get agendas uh, for us to, to get a copy of agendas.
1: Thank you. Anyone else?
17: Uh, good evening, commissioners, or afternoon. Um, I'm glad to hear about the, catching that limo, that 49er or candlestick limo. Um, I was a little. Concerned about that, considering a lot of drivers, or excuse me, limo drivers, drive without license plates, registration, or TCP numbers, so it makes it virtually impossible. Um, So also, I was wondering about the A card. Uh, You know, if a if a if you have an A card and you drive a a limo and it's operating illegally, in my best best estimate, the A card should be suspended. And uh, the driver should be dropped permanently from the uh, list if he's on uh, a list to get a medallion. Uh, Clearly, he's not operating within the rules. Uh, Maybe it's a little harsh, but uh, the list is is what would keep him from driving a limo. The A card, maybe we could keep him. As far as the uh, driver's income are concerned, uh, there's no question. uh, There's a reason for switching over to limos. They see them being stolen you know Thank the customer's being stolen right in front of their eyes. Thank you.
1: Anyone else? Okay, public comment is closed. Next item.
0: Your yours isn't up yet unless you want to make a public comment about the staff report. Do you want to make a public comment for staff report? Okay.
14: So I am the uh, Ivory Local, which is I am like Nine years I drive with yellow cab. And the problem is, I realized the problem since like five years ago. If you could like resolve this problem with the traffic division, because on Powell Street, on West, on Powell Street, the hotel, West San Francisco Hotel, and when we pick up the passenger from there, there's a lot of traffic and there's the cable car. And when it gets the green light, <coughs> it means the pedestrian, they cross, they are crossing the way. And uh, after that it's going to be like when the green light switch on the red light, it means we can't make a right. It means we should like establish this green light, even like give like some 15 minutes, 15 seconds or something like that for the pedestrian. And we should give, give us as driver taxi or as private to make left on uh, because we're going to to make left on Gary, Gary Street. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Gurion Paul is the worst corner in the city, but probably DPT is, or the MTA board is probably a better place to go with that kind of a request. I sympathize with you. It's the worst corner in the city.
0: So now the next item. Yeah. Okay. The next item is item four, clean air taxi program, first quarter report. This is an information item. So um, under agenda item four in your packets, uh, you will see a memorandum describing the first quarter reports. Um, first quarter results rather for the uh, industry as you know uh, the mayor signed um, legislation in uh, that took effect in April and the first um, real you know institution of the program took place July 1st 2008 so what I did is I ran um, the greenhouse gas scores for the companies from July 1st to October 1st so um, some vehicles you know, might look at the report and say, well, I have other, I have different numbers for my fleet now. You know, certainly there's been a lot of hybrids coming in in the past month. So uh, that might explain, you know, that does explain the discrepancies. Additionally, of course, as we know, spares, uh, vehicles on hold, and uh, ramps are not included in this calculation. Um, So I just want to walk through a couple highlights here. First of all, um, the amount of hybrids in the fleet since January 2006, and I didn't put this statistic in the report, but I'm working with the mayor's office to um, highlight some issues in the report, we determined that since January 2006, we've had a 76% increase of hybrids into the San Francisco taxi fleet. So that is really a great number. Uh, CNGs have stayed um, flat, but um, as we will see during public comment on this report, we have some really exciting developments in the CNG field that I think could be of value and I think maybe we'll see some growth uh, maybe this year. We still have those grants too, so I'm hoping that um, that will incite people maybe to get at least a couple more CNGs in the fleet. Um, Now, uh, one thing I want to clarify is you know, um, this, our program here is really revolutionary and President Gillespie and myself were at these conferences and um, You know, we were asked repeatedly, you know, how did how does San Francisco do it? How is this possible? Um, So far, there has not been a lawsuit. And um, we believe that a lawsuit would be defensible because it provides the flexibility to the to the fleet owners. And that's not that was not the case in New York. New York is now, I think, changing its tune a little bit. But um, unfortunately, New York went down a different track and we went down our track. Um, you might even say that New York went down Highway 80 and we were on 101, but it's just my personal preference. Um, sorry to bring up that joke again, Um it's motor vehicle related. Uh, in any event, um, I just want to highlight some of the numbers here. Now, on the last page of the report, I listed out the average greenhouse gas score for each um, company, and this is confusing for people because they want to know, well, how can, for example, AeroCab has 68 cabs and only two hybrids and has a score of 42.7. The score is not assessed on all 68 of Aero's fleet. It's assessed only on those vehicles that came in since July 1st. So there's only been a handful. And most companies that's the case. Yellow and Luxor, it's a different story. There's been hordes of vehicles introduced um, into those companies. And most of them have been um, hybrids. So that's gotten their scores down. I want to highlight also the um, – first of all, I want to highlight the good performers, okay? The best company so far um, – well, actually, there are two that are tied right now. Best Cab and Regents Cab have 32.5 each, so that is just commendable. That's really commendable. Best Cab is a smaller fleet, um, obviously. Regents, though, is midsize, so that's good results. Green cab, 35.75. Very good. Um, Also, uh, we have, um, you know, others that are very close. Yellow and Luxor 39.1, I think. Or, I'm sorry, Luxor 39.4. Yellow 39.1, so very, very close there. Um, You know, it's just showing great results. There are companies, however, that, uh, you know, have some problems. um, But I'd like to speak to those briefly. Um, Bay Cab has a score of 57.1, which uh, is the worst in the fleet. However, um, I do want to state that I've had a conversation with Mr. Cardenas of Bay Cab. He's informed me that he's bringing three hybrids in in the next 30 days alone. So he's he's recognizes that he has this issue, and he's making an effort to comply. Um, so that's that will definitely get the score down. In fact, I... I By the second quarter, that score should be somewhere in the range of 42, according to the information he's provided me. Um, Town Taxi 51 is bringing three hybrids in if all goes well on December 9th. So that will also get that score down. And uh, let's see the other one. um, Black and white. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have anything to report regarding black and white's uh, score. Um, And... Um, Metro 51.4 uh, needs some work, Richard. <laughs> sorry sorry to be the bearer of bad news in that regard. So um, I want to say that the, the, the good thing about these reports is that it's, we're just in the first quarter here. Many companies are complying, and many companies have shown a commitment to the program. Um, for those that have issues, uh, you know, we need to get them addressed, and most people have made significant efforts to do outreach and to ask, how can I come into compliance? What do I need to do? And for those that haven't, I you know, there's nothing, you know, the the, uh, the door is open to talk with this program at any time, and there's so many grants available. There's money available, so there really isn't an excuse at this point. So that's about it uh, for okay. this.
1: Thank you, Jordana. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> and I, too, want to commend all the cab companies who have been really terrific with this and uh, you know, right on down the line, Green Cab has been in compliance from the very beginning, and Yellow and Lux are purchasing large number of hybrids. The one we, I, I have three points to make. One, I think we need a new column, um, and uh, Jordana and Tamara can note this. That it, in the in the final page where we have these columns, it doesn't tell us how many vehicles have been put into place since July. So I think we need that. That's going to explain what those numbers are. So we just add a column that says, you know, if we put 10 vehicles into place, six have been hybrid, three are CNG, one regular Crown Vic, and that's how we come up with that number. So I think we need that extra column, um, and I will just make a couple edits on your on your test uh, text here, Jordan. And that's on the first page, the first bullet point. And I'm sure you know that it says the program does not officially take effect for three years. Now that's not quite true. It's Our outcome is going to be complete in three years, but the program actually took effect this July 1st so that, you know, anything that goes into service has to be approved. And, you know, actually the program really took effect April 1st when we published our Green Guide. And then June 1st was the time for the companies to promote their plans. And then July 1st, it actually went into effect so that every vehicle placed into service had to be approved. So I know that you didn't. Mean exactly the way this reads, but it's it's taking effect now. It'll be complete in terms of our total reduction of greenhouse gas emissions by 2011 2012. So I think that's what you probably intended, and you might want to think about just changing some of the wording there. Um, and in the first paragraph, the, it, you know, 38 tons per year is actually our goal, but to the lay person who reads that, that doesn't really tell them, because 38 tons doesn't really mean anything to the average person. I would, if we're going to put this out on our website or something, I would I would just change that to say, you know, signed Mayor Newsom, signed historic legislation providing that the San Francisco Taxi Fleet reduced its overall greenhouse gas emissions 20% from 1990 levels by 2011. Uh, and then maybe another sentence saying there were 811 cabs in 1990 and now there's 1,500. Just so people understand really exactly what this legislation does and the scope of what we're trying to do. Okay. Otherwise, uh, I think it's great. Um, are there any commissioners here? I know there's some members of the public are, and actually some industry uh, representatives from various aspects of this uh, realm are here to speak. So are there any questions for Jordana before we go to the public? Okay, again, thank you, Jordana, and thank you tomorrow for your work on this too and coordinating a lot of this stuff. Okay, um, I know there's some people here to speak from members of the industry, so I'm going to allow three minutes today.
13: okay.
22: Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Ben Deal. I'm the account manager for Clean Energy. We provide natural gas to transportation fleets here in the Bay Area. I just wanted to give you a quick update on some exciting news that we have in regards to natural gas and it becoming a renewable source of fuel. Uh, Clean Energy, we recently acquired the third largest landfill in the country, just outside of Dallas. And uh, what this provides, uh, clean energy and natural gas, what it means for us is that Uh, this renewable gas that's taken out in the form of methane from the landfills uh, can be actually collected at the site and we can almost nominate that gas to any of the stations within Clean Energy's network. What that means to us is that there's going to be some significant impacts to reduce uh, the greenhouse gases at our various stations and also the stakeholders uh, for the companies that we work with. Uh, What that means is that uh, utilizing landfill gas in, say, a uh, Crown Vic versus a gasoline-powered Crown Vic, it'll reduce the greenhouse emissions by ni- over 90%. So it'll take it from over 50, uh, 50, uh, let's see, 50 tons per year down to four and a half if it was if it was fully committed for landfill gas. Obviously, we wouldn't commit 100%, but what we're looking to do is ultimately make it a competitive advantage for nominating the gas to the stations in the Bay Area to support companies like Yellow Cab and Luxor, and then also the whole taxi cab industry that we can provide a competitive benefit in helping the companies reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by using this landfill gas. So we're competitive with the hybrids that are in the market currently, and that's a process that we're gonna be working with uh, Yellow Cab and a number of the other companies that are committed uh, to using natural gas just because it is the cleanest transportation fuel that is available. Uh, it's consistently been a cheaper fuel to use, saving the taxi caps drivers money, but also um, just the nature of natural gas. Uh, it's just significantly cleaner and with the uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, from the landfill gas opportunity that we have, just ask to continue supporting uh, natural gas from the commission and uh, also uh, taking advantage of the tax credit money that's available and also pursuing grants going forward uh, just so we continue to put uh, natural gas vehicles on the road along with the hybrids to support the Clean Taxi program. So thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Ben. Thanks to Clean Energy for your support and for the work at the... uh, yellow cab CNG station. It's a big addition to the fleet. Okay. John, welcome.
23: Good afternoon, commissioners, executive director. I want to thank all of you. You guys have just done a a great job. I mean, we go back, some of us go back about seven years on this and fighting for different ways to do this program. And I'm passing around, and unfortunately I had handed out a few. This is a little advertisement that we're trying to work up at the dealership that we want to go national with because this is a big story that's not getting out. Uh, With your numbers a minute ago, I wanted to say that there's 50 hybrids that have been delivered in this past month that have not gotten into service yet between Yellow and Luxor. There's also, I, I ran the numbers today, and there's you have 2001 gas cars out there, 2002, and 2003s that are coming up. And there's approximately, I think, 300 that we've got to be looking at. The, the other numbers I was looking at, which I found kind of exciting when we had our meeting earlier in last week, that the alternative fuel vehicles, the hybrids and the CNGs that you have in service today, You're burning in excess of 2 million miles, clean burning miles a month with these taxi cabs, which I think is very impressive when you look at the other cars and what they're trying to do with electric vehicles that will go maybe 50 miles. And they're looking at 7,000 miles a year. And here we're doing 2 million miles a month on this. So I thank all of you. You folks have done a wonderful job. And thank you very much for those checks. <laughs> I didn't dare bring up when did those go in. <laughs> but anyway, uh, San Francisco Ford, Lincoln Mercury, would like to thank all of you. Happy holidays and a most happy Thanksgiving. It's been great. Thank you. It, one, one question. Is it possible to get a list of uh, the grants who's on for those, the money programs so that we can take and make an effort to contact these people? And. What we can do is we can help them with putting in for the money, which I know your assistant will tell you that we're very thorough with. And the other thing is with the tax credits, with the federal tax credits that they can get back. And we need to take uh, those are going to change in nine in particular on the Ford Escape hybrids, because they're going to they're coming up onto that 75,000 envelope. And so if we can get whatever we can get in for December, it could impact them as well. So,
0: yeah, the, I'll say briefly about the grants. So we right now we've had um, we've had several we've had four applications so far, and we've had two grants that have been approved by Backman. So March 2007, that's the one for which I still have some CNG grants available. So that's that's one grant. I think, I think I only have about five CNG grants, but they're $4,000 each, so it's pretty substantial. Then in June 2007, um, I have right now 16 grants uh, remaining for that one. Um, and, you know, because we have so many more coming in and the company to which they were originally promised, we've had a discussion about that, and many more will be coming in um, starting in December, more vehicles hopefully, assuming that the contract is signed then. Um, more grants are going to be available. So right now I have uh, 16. They're not promised to any particular company. I've been trying to. They were originally promised to one company, but you know we've had a conversation with that, and that company has agreed to sort of free them, free them up. Um, and there's going to be plenty of there's plenty of money for everyone, is basically, and you know. But the thing is, people need to, you know, they need to start purchasing these vehicles. I mean that's that's one of the problems is that. We lost money before, and I'm not going to let that happen again. I mean, we, yeah, it, it was really unfortunate that people didn't want those CNGs, and we w- if someone doesn't take those, we're going to lose that money, and that could have been hybrid grants, and I know those would have been taken right away. So we can't let that happen again. So as these deadlines approach, um, you know, I'm going to have to give them out, and I will be looking to companies who have shown a commitment to the program and who have the paperwork and have the documentation. So... At this point, there's nobody that's promised, you know, um, it's open. We have 75 more coming from the March 2008 cycle, and we have hopefully 100 coming from the June 2008 cycle. The reason it takes so long is because many bureaucracies have to communicate and sign paper. (laughs) And any of us who work uh, with government agencies, as we all do in this room, know that, you know, it takes time. So that's why the next cycle, and this is the March 2008, is not going to be signed until most likely December That's a little bit of ways away. Hopefully we can get these things in, um, you know, starting in December.
23: Uh, I'll tell you that we're coming up on 2002-2003 CNGs that are going to be turned out. And from our experience, they will continue to go right back into another CNG. Front of the line privileges, the carpool, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, and we do have vehicles in stock. We can convert them. Uh, so.
0: That's, yeah, that's actually a good point. That I've noticed that same pattern that people with a CNG tend to stay with a CNG. The grant cycle for the CNGs ends January 31st. So anybody that's maybe got a 2001, there are 10 vehicles in the fleet that are 2001 by my calculations. And uh, I'm trying to remember what the total for 2002 was. I think it's something like about 153 vehicles are 2002 model year of the fleet. So people with CNGs in those model years, yeah, if they could at all purchase one before January 31st, they'll get $4,000 for it.
23: I went back through the reports and pulled it up, which you have access to and we talked about the other day on. And uh, I didn't realize uh, 2002 and 2003 were good years. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very John, much.
6: And thanks. Uh, uh, can I just ask one question on John? Yeah, sure. Hey, John. Um, how are you doing on the availability of the vehicles, both the hybrid and the CNG? The, uh, um, how many would you like and when? <laughs>
2: uh,
6: I will.
23: Uh, while you're on that, um, there is, and I've been saying this for quite some time, uh, in the industry, automotive industry, there's going to be a shortage of hybrids uh, it's, there's common parts or batteries in particular uh, we placed orders thanks to the commission with Ford and we have received in house more than they are going to deliver to New York City for the taxi cab community there this year or coming up in 09 so I, I think that we'll be able to stay with the demands of 09 but um, I'm not sure that we can if we're looking at 150 to 200 next year in hybrids um, that could be an issue we've already had the build outs for 09 i've been delivering 09s for now 2 months so and we do have them in stock and they're all taxi designed for us so thank you thank, thank you, you.
1: Appreciate your work on this. One of the big distinctions between us and New York is that we've had the cooperation of the local fleet managers. We've had our staff doing really good work on making sure these uh, grants are available and people are worked with, and we we made some financial considerations. And I I just think we did it right out here, and and it's the reason that we're going forward with this. And other cities are tied up in recriminations and lawsuits, and so there's a lot of lot of uh, good good work to go around here. So. As someone who really cares about this issue. I really appreciate all the other people who have, uh, you know, really latched on to this and are making it happen. So, well, thanks. I will
23: tell you, President Gillespie, that when we place these orders with Ford, this goes back to June, June and July, and we, I requested a, a letter of intent from every company that we place the order with, and I got with the commission, and these orders went in, and with these letters of intent as well as the letter from the commission. And they went to the highest places in Dearborn with Ford. So we do have that exposure. They know what we've done out here. And it's, believe me, from Mr. Ford down, it's been appreciated. And they say thank you because we were the first to put in a hybrid taxi cab in the country. A Ford Ford Escape.
1: It's an American industrial success story, I believe it. And we should tell people about it, so I appreciate it.
23: We talk about it a lot.
14: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Is there any other public comment? Please come right up.
24: Hi. Um, I understand this is a quarterly report, and so it's really limited to the quarter. But uh, another column could have provided the overall GHG standings for every company, and we would have gotten a, a, a much Broader uh, view of the success of this program. Uh, by, by, by these percentages, of course, as everyone has already acknowledged, distorts the actual company by company ratings. And so, so another co- another column that gets added that gives that gives the the totals. For example, Baycab was pointed out here. Baycab has 12 six and six C and Gs out of a total of 60. And as was pointed also, Arrow has only two uh, out of 60 also. So, so Arrow has a much lower compli- or a higher compliance rate, but has a, their total numbers are, are much lower than another company that, that, that has a, a lower compliance rate. We, we really need, in order for policymakers to make good decisions, you have to have good stats. And, and I think this would be a good improvement. No, the stats are good as they are, because this is just a quarterly report. It's not an annual report. It's not an overall three-year or whatever it's report. But that's the kind of information you really want to have every time a quarterly report comes up. Just look at any financial statement issued from the SEC on companies. The, the, the other thing that, that I think needs to be included in here is, is that there's a whole group of cars that are not being included in, in this because they're not um, – they're not a, uh, of these two types of vehicles, hybrids and uh, clean air CNG types. And that is small cars, and I see them in every fleet, that get better mileage than, than some of the CNGs and, and some of the hybrids. They're, they're, um, they're, they're the small cars made by all the major and mostly Asian uh, uh, car manufacturers. Why, uh, is, uh, my question would be, is, are, are they part of this program?
1: Every car will be rated no matter what car goes into service. So if you put a Camry, a gasoline Camry, that has a greenhouse gas rating.
24: What about a, like an, a Hyundai Accent or something that's even smaller? Cause, but are, why are they not included in, in the – it, it's a, it's a okay. question I really don't know.
0: Everything – the only ones that are counted are those that come in since July 1st. So, why, so I don't count everything that's in there right now. I don't count all of Arrow's 68 caps and do a score on that. You don't want to see that score. Trust me. It's well, going to be I, like 75. I, you know? I
24: trust you. Uh, but... But let's say there's a there's a little Hyundai accident over at this company that gets like 35 average. Does that get in this? Yes. Any?
0: Every car since July 1st gets put in there. Every car since July 1st, 2008.
24: But what about ones that were before July 1st, 2008? That's no. only like six months no. ago or I'm four months the ago.
1: The way the law was written is it didn't go into yeah. effect until July 1st. So I'm only talking about a
24: <laughs> statistical report. I'm not talking about the, com- the compliance that this report requires. I'm it's talking about a, a, you know, a, a to, kind
1: of... To take into account everything that was already in the fleet would have it just would have been a lot of work for no reason. Doesn't that
24: help us get an idea what a particular Mm -hmm. company how they stand in relationship to the GHG figures, which is the the gas house emission figures. We're not
1: like I say we're not measuring what was in the fleet before July first, only what's been put in the fleet after July first. Okay. Thanks. Next speaker
11: as far as I know I've only put one car in service since July first and that was a hybrid so I don't know how that affects how that works out. But uh in any event I'll never put any car in service again unless it is a hybrid. I have three hybrids waiting to go in service. And I'd hoped to get some of these new medallions coming out, but after thirty years somebody in their wisdom decided the names and addresses of the applicants are no longer available to see for the public. So I can't write anybody a letter and say, you know, you can get a nice situation at Metro versus Yellow or Luxor where half the drivers in the city work. So my hands are really tight and it's it's a hallelujah for yellow and Luxor. Thank you.
0: The city attorney's office informed us informed us that we could not post the names or rather the addresses, the personal <coughs> addresses of medallion holders on the internet for privacy concerns. And we okay. post their names only.
1: Okay. Is that is that information available to someone If they came to the office to get that? The residential
0: residential addresses, no. I was informed that we could not do that to protect the privacy of these people. And we had many complaints in the office about it from various medallion holders who didn't want their personal addresses being disclosed to the public and on the Internet where maybe old boyfriends or girlfriends or God knows what could find it. Yeah, so privacy reasons,
1: yeah, that makes
15: sense. Okay, Mark. Uh, Mark Ruber, on behalf of uh, GreenCap, we, we put two cabs into service during the period, uh, one of which was uh, a Toyota Camry hybrid, which uh, actually uh, increased our emissions slightly, meaning we have one of the best, but not the best score on this uh, particular uh, period. But I think if you looked at our entire fleet, which is That one Camry and all the rest, the Priuses, we probably have the the best average of of any uh, company in the city. And uh, we've actually uh, gone the extra mile or maybe you could say the extra 90,000 miles because uh, we have purchased carbon credits to offset the emissions of uh, all of our vehicles, including the spares. And uh, therefore, we're an absolutely carbon neutral company company. Uh, in terms of emissions and I would encourage other companies uh, to do the same. So thank Thank
2: you. you.
1: And just because you are not the number one, you you guys are well below the the average. So it should be stated that, you know, even though you're not the number one cleanest, it's still well below the average on the fleet. It's okay.
4: Just uh, very briefly, uh, congratulations, commissioners, on an increasingly uh, successful program. It really is a, a model for the whole country. Uh, My only comment is to urge you to uh, even greater efforts to uh, uh, line up rebate deals and uh, see that they uh, actually turn into payments like we saw this evening. And uh, special thanks to uh, John James, who's uh, uh, no stranger to Luxor. We see him down there sometimes before the sun comes up. So it's it's no surprise that uh, he's the lead supplier of the, the hybrids. Thank you. Thank you.
13: I was just reading the New York Times last night, and uh, I, thankfully Ford seems to be um, sufficiently capitalized through 2009 without asking for government assistance. So, uh, and also they, I guess they have taken the lead with these hybrid vehicles, so they're they're ahead of the other two. Um, th- there's a, there is a problem, and I, I really want to bring it up, though. Uh, the escape that I, I love so much. I mean, the, the, nothing I think is better suited to be a cab than the escape because the cabin space is really excellent and the passengers love it and it's just it's 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 nice. However, at about 50,000 miles, uh, I have had a problem and in my research, I discover others have as well. Um, the, the sensors start to go one, and uh, like the tire pressure. So you don't know if you have tire tire pressure because the sensors off, right? And also a very serious uh, element is that the car—I don't know whether it's due to the water pump or what—but the car shuts off. The car will it, it shut off on freeway for me, and um, also for another person uh, that drives my car. And uh, it says pull over safely now, and you don't have much time to pull over. So. Um, we got it back to the dealer, and hopefully the problem is, is solved. But I, in the course of my research, I discovered my car is not the only one that has that problem. So uh, I'm saying this because, John James, you're here, that this problem really needs to be dealt with. And you need to know, apparently, yellow has fixed, fixed this problem. Uh, so it has to—it it really needs to be dealt with because it's a very dangerous situation. Um, because it says pull over safely, and I started realizing how many uh, places where you can't pull over safely, like the Golden Gate Bridge at night or, or any, any bridge. So uh, if I have to write to Mr. Ford myself, I'm going to make sure that this, this problem will get solved, because otherwise it's just, it's just a great great cab, and we can help support Ford in these times.
1: Just to follow up on that, Mary, I, I... I drive a variety of different vehicles but I always afford escape and that it does happen. My understanding is it's a sensor problem it's and that sensor. when you pull over and you turn off the engine and wait for a second, you can start, start it back up and yeah. you can go and it's yeah. and there's nothing wrong with the car or the engine, it's a sensor problem. So John might have some insights into this, but I, I don't want
13: to spend. That, you're, you're correct. You, yeah. you pull over, but you have to stop the car. Yeah. If you're on the Golden Gate Bridge late at night yeah. and there's a truck barreling up, you know, and you have to stop the car in order to start it again, yeah. it's really okay. dangerous. Thank something.
1: you. Yeah, I'll just give you a minute if you want to follow up, just, just for a minute. Let me, uh, John,
0: don't say it on the TV. Oh. <laughs> No, no, no. You'll get a bunch
23: of dates, Briefly, I just wanted to – I did want to say, yes, we're aware of this problem, and we have addressed it, and we're doing things on it. And I, I'll i tell the short story. The TLPA, when they did the report on alternative fuel vehicles, and a gentleman with Toyota says, we do not want to get into this taxi business. When we came out with the Ford Escape, and I called Dearborn and talked to the gentleman that headed up to brand. He says, John, we didn't even think about this being a commercial vehicle. So we have experienced problems. Ford is aware of them, and they are making changes on the water pumps, the tire sensor. I'd only heard about one other case, so I'll check into that. We'll take care of it. Thank you. The taxicab community is our highest profile account we have at San Francisco Ford liggett Berkeley. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Marty.
10: Good afternoon, Commissioners. and Paul, President. Uh, <coughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Fresh out of the uh, auto show, and uh, I want to tell you, just, well, by the way, just let John James know that uh, San Francisco was the first city in the country to use hybrid escapes as uh, taxi cabs. And, uh, but fresh out of the show, and by April 1st, 2009, the Fusion Hybrid will be, ready, it will be rolling off, and they'll be taking orders for them. And it's a beautiful car. A lot of room. It's a very good vehicle. This gives Ford the heads up on everybody out there. Nissan, Toyota, uh, Hyundai, all of them. None of them compare with the Ford Escape and the uh, Fusion vehicle. It's a very good car. You know, John Lazar you know, had all the managers go to this show to, to get ideas. And we're really active in getting, making everything hybrid and green. Thank you very much.
1: I agree. I think the fusion has real potential as a taxi. Have you seen it yet, Paul? Yeah. We'll oh. take a look at it, yeah. Killer. Yeah. We get excited about this.
5: Hi, Commissioner. I just wanted to mention something about our uh, CNG at Yellow Cap. About a year, a little over a year ago, and I forgot how long it was, we had the, uh, cl- uh clean energy came put in a CNG station, which we announced everybody knew. And uh, we used it a lot. It broke down a lot. And so they came behind that and committed to putting in a new station. They spent a lot of money and put in a a brand new uh, compressor station, actually two compressors to one to be redundant to the other. it was just completed and just went online uh, this last week. Uh, There's four pumps, Uh, pump very fast. Uh, And so I I was told that we have the largest CNG uh, station uh, in Northern California. Um, and so uh, this is available not only yellow cab, but to also to outside vehicles I mean, on a daily basis. We have many of the other cab companies bring their vehicles in to gas up there. And I guess I just want to make them, uh, if they're listening, to be aware of that. Um, you know, There are other places, uh, you know, Third Street and the airport and so forth. But uh, we do have four working pumps there at yellow cab available to anybody in the industry.
1: Thank you. And it's a good facility. It's. Got rid of that nasty methane leak that was going on there for a while. So appreciate that.
0: Can I just say one thing yes. in response to that? When we had the meeting with uh, representatives from Clean Energy, um, actually reference was made to the fact that drivers often fill up at the stations, the CNG stations, and it appears that they're not getting their full money's worth. They're not getting a full tank of gas, and. It was informed to us, to President Gillespie and myself, that that is not the case. That has to do with temperature fluctuation in the natural environment and the pressure of the gas that goes into the tank as a result, depending on this temperature fluctuation. And Clean Energy asks asks us to inform drivers that you are getting a full tank of gas, even though the gauge doesn't go up all the way. And I know that sounds unbelievable, but it is true. You're getting the same amount of gas, but because of the pressure in the tank, the gauge will not go up all the way. So hopefully that will clears up for anyone that thinks that you know, somehow they're being shorted on the tank, which they're not. So just wanted to clear that up for yellow's benefit and also pg es benefit. Sorry, go ahead, Jane. Thank
25: you. Hi, Jane Boleg de Soto. Um, I think it's important to keep in mind that we're entering a transition phase this is not where we want to arrive. It's a point towards the uh, point that we want to arrive, which I believe is uh, zero emission cars. Um, but this is also uh, a very expensive program up upfront. Uh, we have a lot of very good programs and uh, we're able to uh, collect, collect extra gate from the, the drivers mm-hmm. to help pay. But uh, it's important to keep in mind that um, the for a lot of uh, companies uh, these purchases are made on lines of credit. Lines of credit these days are harder to get uh, and credit is drying up. We don't know uh, what the future holds for us there. Furthermore, uh, where we were paying uh, on average eight to $10,000 for example for a used car, we're paying about two and a half or three times as much uh, for these new hybrids. Uh, We want to be part of this program. We need this. This is something that that we must have no matter what the price of gas is. Uh, I think that's irrelevant to the fact that we need these things. Uh, With that said, I hope that we can continue to talk uh, the commission and and, uh, and industry about how we can make this affordable and possible and, in fact, accelerate this program um, Uh, And uh, I hope that we can uh, uh, offline uh, have uh, have more dialogue. And I I feel like every time I come up here, I say we need a committee. (laughs) But I think that we really do need uh, 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 an ongoing uh, working group uh, to talk about these issues and continue keeping us first in the country. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And I agree. I think it's especially as we go to MTA. One of the things that's made this successful is there has been a lot of collaboration and transparency all along the way where people participated and nothing was sprung on anybody and nothing was changed at the last minute. So I agree we do need to have an ongoing some kind of committee. So hopefully that will be a recommendation. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. Next yeah, item. that's it. Next item. Uh,
0: the next item is item six, San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency and Taxi. Uh, I
1: think five. Five.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Item five: yeah. consideration of possible working group for taxi wrap benefit fund to determine disposition of funds collected from taxi wraps, discussion and possible action. Um, commissioners, I did attach a memorandum um, for this, which I had is the reissue of a memo that had been done before um, a while back. You had asked me to do a blast fax to all the companies to attract uh, some participants to participate in the committee on how these funds should be allocated. Um, so, you know, I, I did send out that blast fax and we only received one, uh, response, uh, from Mohammed of Crown Cab, who had some good suggestions, actually. I'm not sure if he's interested in serving on any such working group or committee that might potentially be formed, but he did have suggestions nonetheless. So, um, I, I just want to emphasize once again that, um, you know, this, there are some issues regarding the, the Taxi Rep Fund itself, i.e. its legal uh, formation. Um, and those have been discussed in the past, so I won't um, belabor them here. But um, I think that I can't speak for SFMTA, but I think that they would give deference to any recommendations that this commission had, considering the history of the fund and the commission, etc. cetera. Um, they're under no obligation to do so because of the legal status of the fund. However, I do believe that they would be more likely to give deference to the commission's recommendations in that regard. So it's important to determine what to do with it.
1: Thank you. And sort of this is not intended to be a big major item today, but <coughs> it is my intention to wrap this up before March 1st. It's it's something that was started by this. Unintended. Yeah, yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> um, You know, it is something that we created. Uh, It's something that has uh, a real connection to this commission, and I want to have a recommendation come before the MTA board or the board of supervisors, whoever ultimately is going to disperse these funds. So it's my intention right now is to simply myself set up a committee. I've already talked to a few people informally. I'll take the person who contacted our office and and see if they want to be part of this. But it's going to be a small group of people to sort of discuss just what Jordana brought up today, what the process is for dispersing these funds and what some of the good ideas are. that, And Jordana has some of the ideas that have been floated over the years. And uh, part of this hearing today was just, again, to make people aware that over the next two months uh, I'm going to put this committee together and we're going to meet once or twice, no more than that, and come up with some recommendations and a final report. So it's something I want to wrap up before we transfer to MTA. The only question I have, and it, it kind of struck, struck me, was um, – the actual amounts, and uh, I don't know if you're prepared to talk about this today or not, but there seems to be a decrease in from fiscal year 7 to 08.
19: That was
0: just for about half the year, for 08.
1: Okay, are these, this is how much was raised each year? So the cumulative total is actually...
0: 79. These okay. are the funds I received from controller's office.
1: Okay, so we have $80,000 total.
0: Yeah, and plus a little more. Okay. I mean, this is the end of – I didn't have time to – I completely. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Excuse okay. me. That,
0: so I, I didn't have time to go – yeah, it wasn't I that it went down forced to 16000
1: I $15,000 <laughs> without my permission or
0: something. Right? No, no. I know. <laughs> there will be some more in there, but I will tell you that, um, you know
1: – That's – actually, this is how much I thought was there, and so yeah. my that question is moot at this point. So unless you want to – I'm going to say something else. Go ahead. I don't want to.
0: Regarding 09 contributions, there has been small amounts, but, you know. 08, you mean? Well, for now, for 09. Oh, okay. We're in fiscal 09 at this time, 09, 08, 09, but 09. Um, you know, there's been a decrease in contributions due to the economy. So, But there is a sizable amount of money in there, so yeah. it's not really going to affect it.
3: Yes. And uh, does it include interest? You know, or is this just the the baseline fees of the reps?
0: You know, um, the issue of interest is something to take up with the Treasurer's Office. And certainly before this commission wraps up, um, I will have a full report on the budget and describe, you know, what has happened with the interest over the years because it's a very good question whether or not interest has been collected and how much over the – and going back – way back since the inception of the fund because it will – the whole taxi fund, which is a 2S fund, is going to transfer over to MTA. You know what? What ends up being this year about more or less about two million dollars. So I'll have a full report on that, and I will address the issue of interest in that. Thank you.
1: Welcome. Okay, I'll take public comment on this. Anyone want a public comment? One minute.
17: One minute. One speaker. Well, you know, it's just uh, amazing. Amazing. You can create something and then have no idea what to do with it. I mean really now uh, this is you created it excuse me you created it for drivers let's try to keep that in mind not you didn't create it for MTA <laughs> although I wish they I'm sure they wish that you did um, you know drivers get killed they get mugged they uh, have an accident they get hurt on the job uh, You know, uh, let's just say they might get into a little trouble and they need some rehabilitation. But uh, surely, uh, you know, you could think of something to do with it. Surely. Uh, When a driver dies, for instance, gets shot on the job or in an accident on the job. Thank you. You get my drift.
1: Anyone else? Okay, next item. Okay. Uh you don't want to speak, did you? Okay. Yeah, the next item. Uh, may,
3: may I just ask oh, a yeah, question? Um, are you prepared publicly to state who will be on this committee um, so far? I mean, and are you
1: taking more names? I will take more names, yeah. and I'm open to anyone. I'm going to try to keep it to less than 10 or 12 or so, and so far mm-hmm. I think I've talked to three or four people about their interest, mainly drivers who have some interest and have over the, over the years have expressed interest in what this money is going to be used for, and thoughtful people.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I'm not involuntary. <laughs> just letting so okay. you know that. But I did want to just put two cents in then um, for the committee to consider. I see scholarships is on here, and mostly um, if a fund is at least $20,000, it can be self-sustaining. So there's more than enough in this fund to have a self-sustaining Scholarship fund. The interest every year would pay yeah. for each. It depends on the size of the scholarship, but they usually say minimum level is 20000 And if you've got 79000 in there, mm-hmm. then you could most likely have a self-sustaining um, scholarship fund.
6: Thank you, okay. Commissioner. You sure you don't want to be on the committee? <laughs> and just one question for me is, <laughs> is when this was established in 2002, was there any consideration then on what it was, uh, other, you know, any consideration on how it should be used for drivers other than just for their benefit? I this mean, was, was it established then?
1: Between me yeah, no. and John Whitehurst at Esperpento <laughs> Restaurant, and he said, what can it take to get you to support taxi wraps for the advertising? Because I, up to that point, I'd never support it. And I said, well, if you're going to give a $1,000 to the companies every month, why don't we give $100 to a benefit fund for drivers? And that's all it was ever conceived as, was a benefit fund for drivers. So that's the word that's going to be operative when we think about how this is going to be used. And I think we have a handful of really good ideas that people will really support and and clearly be seen as benefit to drivers.
3: And I think some suggestions went forward to the Board of Supervisors at one point, but they came back to the commission. So uh, that might be worthy information to pull out again.
0: Well, what happened, that? The Board of Supervisors was mainly interested in the legal status of the fund and was concerned that there was too much discretion yeah. with, the, with the Commission to just hand out cash. And that was kind of the problem at that time. So we need to just. They so were
1: concerned that I'd create a slush fund of some type.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
1: of the sort. Yeah. This is to benefit all drivers. So.
0: That's why, if we do a proper administration and recommend, as, as far as recommendations, and show that, like you've suggested, Vice President Breslin, you know it's self-sustaining, you know, and show, you know, that there's going to be some independence to it, I think that MTA would be more likely to approve to something, something like that, yeah.
2: Okay,
1: thank you. Next item?
0: Okay, the next item is uh, the, speaking of MTA, the San Francisco, item six, San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency and Taxi Commission merger, discussion of Taxi Commission goals through March 1st, 2009. So, um, at um, in consultation with the uh, President Gillespie, we put this item on the agenda because uh, we've done the same thing with Rules Committee to talk about some of the outstanding issues that the commission could address and, um, you know, to wrap up some of its business over the course of the next 90 days. Um, The vote at the Board of Supervisors, I was just listening to a voicemail to see if um, it had been taken yet, and the person said no, Um, at least as of 2 o'clock it had not been taken. So um, they're voting today on the merger. So we won't know our fate until after that vote, uh, but uh, but uh, we could um, have a discussion nonetheless regarding goals that need to be addressed or want to be addressed. Um, the next rules committee meeting will hopefully occur in December, and then another will continue to meet January, February, with the March 1st deadline.
3: Point of clarification. So they're voting today at the Board of Supervisors about the merger, but in in what respect? Because it's already been voted on that we would merge. No. No? I I was under the understanding that there was a July
0: 1st date that has never been met. No. um, What happened was in May, the merger first came uh, forward, the legislation was introduced last November, Mm -hmm. but eventually came to the Board of Supervisors for a hearing at the Government Audit and Oversight Committee in May of 2008. At that time, the Board of Supervisors stated that they would like to have uh, showing from MTA that there was a, um, you know, number one, a search for a national search to recruit a director of the newly created taxi and accessible services. Once the taxi commission department merges with MTA, it will merge the accessible services section with the taxi department. And so it will be called Taxi and Accessible Services, and the director of that division will report directly to Mr. Ford, Nat Ford of MTA. So the board wanted that to occur and wanted six months for MTA to do that. The other thing they wanted, though, is for MTA to show a plan and show that there was some type of – you know, rules basically show an intent that they're ready to merge administratively, politically, um, policy-wise, et cetera. And so the six months have passed. We had the taxi advisory group meeting, made recommendations. Those recommendations went to the MTA board on November 4th. Um, the uh, hearing occurred once again at the GAO committee, pursuant to President Peskin's direction on November 17th. The GAO committee felt that uh, the merger was ripe, for uh, consideration at the full board. Uh, in fact, it was to be heard the next day, November 18th, but President Peskin continued it to uh, today's date, this board hearing, which is, um, you know, happening right now as we speak. So uh, that is that is explaining kind of the, the chronology of this mm-hmm. this merger. Okay, thank you.
1: So the point of putting this on the agenda today was just to give people a sense of what we're going to try to wrap up as our work and to get ideas from the public as to what some of the things they might want us to attempt commissioner breslin and i and commissioner Neto, are on the rules committee and we're going to finish up our work it's my intent to keep on working on the clean taxi stuff to get that really in shape to get this driver's benefit fund resolved and uh... uh... make a recommendation on that and then at some point in january to make a have a hearing on uh both to reintroduce the health care plan that was written and to also give drivers some information on the San Francisco health plan, which is uh, the city-sponsored health care plan for people who live in the city. So it's not we're not going to try to take on any major initiatives, but we are going to try to wrap up some things that we've already been working on and make sure that to the extent possible this can be a uh, smooth transition. So uh, the point of putting this on the agenda was just to kind of talk about that and uh, to allow anybody uh, from the public to make suggestions as to what they think uh, any of the unfinished business of this commission might want to take up in the next couple months.
8: Well, can can we continue this then until we find out exactly what the timeline is going to be, rather than take up the time today in in hearing this? Because when it does come down, I I agree with you that it would be nice to hear what everyone has to say. But for today, why don't we just move on to the next item so that we don't have to keep discussing this?
1: We have to take public comment. Yeah, we need to take public comment at this point. But I think you're right. It's not going to – we don't – we may put this back on the agenda of the meeting in December when we actually know what the outcome was today. So is there any public comment? We'll just limit it to one minute because this will be discussed at other points. And
16: I'm sorry, I missed the uh, Halloween meeting, but I want to say that the uh, proposed tax is so uh, against cab drivers. It's not even funny. There's not. I am worried that the merger, the folding, is coming way too soon without making sure and insurance the cab drivers are going to be able to have their say at the MTA. Uh, and What I've seen so far, I don't see it happening. And I'm also concerned that the PCOs still don't regularly tag illegal cars parked in taxi zones. I still don't, don't, don't uh, see uh, the, uh, the PCOs honoring cab drivers in bus stops or red zones helping disabled people. We've heard discussions about this. So, I don't think the MTA is ready to include taxis as part of its service.
1: Thank you. You might be at the wrong meeting, Barry. Yeah.
13: <laughs> um, hold on a second. I, uh I. I'd like to address the, the complaints that have been coming forth about this advisory board and the makeup of the committee. I watched the uh, supervisors' meeting and I read the Bay Guardian article. And um, I want to say, as a working cab driver and a medallion holder, I'm really good, I'm just sick and tired of being categorized as a person who doesn't drive a cab. You approved all those cabs, uh, those medallions tonight. Were they not cab drivers? Am I not a cab driver? Is Jack. Is he not a cab driver? Are we not cab drivers? We've been in this industry all our life, and I'm sick and tired of being categorized by uh, certain people uh, as somebody who, as in Rua Grafis' words, sits home and watches TV and orders pizza and watches the uh, delivery guy get wet in the rain. So, uh, I mean, sometimes I even hear medallion holders, I heard them come up here, and stand at this podium and refer to, uh, to our group of medallion holders as us and the other and the regular drivers. So uh, our n- interests are not the same as the cab companies. We're cab drivers and we want to s- we want the companies to stay solvent, of course, but everybody does, don't they? I Thank I you. Would hope.
1: Thank you. Anyone else?
18: Hello. I'm not sure if this is uh, necessarily the right time to bring it up, especially since uh, we're still waiting to hear back about the the potential merger. But um, I've been working with some people to design some software that I think might help um, the Taxi Commission's initiative to decrease uh, greenhouse gases and also to um, increase the efficiency of dispatch services. Uh, I know that all these kinds of technologies have to be approved by the Taxi Commission, and I don't know what the future of this is going to be if MTA ends up merging and taking over this. Do you have any uh, information as to who I should speak with? And
0: you can just call my office after the hearing, and I can I can point you in the right direction.
18: Wonderful, thank you.
1: You're
2: welcome.
1: Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Public comment is closed. Next item.
0: Yes. The next item, uh, item 7, is continued, as I said at the outset of the hearing. The next item will be a disciplinary case, Taxi Commission versus Amin Bench Corps, consideration of hearing officer's decision on complaint for summary suspension for reasons of public health and safety for aggressive behavior. And um, this is just a hearing officer's decision. As you know, you uh, vote on that. Um, I'll just give you a brief summary. Uh, As you know, I don't uh, advocate for a position on these. I simply present the... uh, decision to Before you. Is there
1: someone here to represent? Are you there here to is. represent Mr. Ben... Excuse me. Let me get his name right.
19: Ben Yes, Kathleen Morgan on behalf of Mr. Benchcore who is also present. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, so let's see. Uh, yes, so basically um, we had a hearing on this case uh, very recently. Uh, Mr. Ben was um, suspended on October 10th and um, We had his hearing on November 14th, so just a little bit over 30 days on that. And um, he was suspended uh, because of a couple of incidents that um, in the eyes of the uh, taxi detail, um, you know, it was felt that there were some cumulative aspects to these incidents. So they're detailed in the complaint. I won't go into them in, in detail, but they are detailed in the complaint. We had the hearing and the hearing officer is recommended, um, has recommended to uh, lift the summary suspension on this individual.
1: So. OK. Are there any questions for our executive director? OK. I'll give you three minutes. And if there's any questions, we can go from there.
19: I clearly would like the proposed. Decision. Why don't you
1: move the mic down Sorry. a little. bit? Uh, there you go. Perfect. Sorry.
19: We'd like the proposed decision adopted, and we do want to thank the Taxi Commission for redacting confidential information and not posting that to the web.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Any questions for the attorney? I don't have any questions. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take public comment on this agenda item. If there's anyone who wants to speak, I'll uh, we'll just go with one minute again.
4: Good afternoon again, Commissioners, uh, Charles Rathbone my declaration, which is in your packet, uh, speaks for itself. uh, So I won't repeat the facts that I was a witness to. Uh, However, the statements made by Mr. Benchikor's uh, friends in front of the hearing officer, which asserted racism by Luxor cab are reprehensible and false. Uh, Our driver roster includes scores, if not hundreds of drivers from North Africa, from the Near East, the Middle East and South Asia. Uh, We also think it is awful that in defense of his own uh, bad behavior, uh, Mr. Benchikor would cast aspersions on Sergeant Reynolds. Uh, That said, uh, Luxor Cab has no interest in harming uh, Mr. Benchikor. Uh, We don't feel that he is a threat to us and uh, do not uh, want to block him from making a living. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
20: Rod Reynolds, uh, SFPD. I just wanted to, um, one of the statements that I wanted to tell you is that my decision to do a summary suspension is based on the preponderance of evidence and not uh, a reasonable doubt or any higher burden. Uh, Apparently in this case that was what was brought up was the fact that the district attorney's office chose not to prosecute this case so therefore that it was It was the belief that there was not enough to suspend this individual. It's always been my understanding that it is the preponderance this person poses a danger to the public. That's why he was suspended. Um, I also was was a little upset during that hearing. My integrity and personality was uh, attacked and accusations were made and the hearing judge would not allow me to reply to those uh, accusations. And I felt even in the public hearings comment that 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 is a right that everybody has when these kind of comments are made. So I just wanted to bring those are two issues that I have found very concerning in this case and that I am now rethinking how I will do in suspensions from here on out, um, the burden of proof versus what, what the district attorney is going to do.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. We have a decision um, or a recommendation from the hearing officer that the uh, summary suspension be lifted. I personally, having read the case, agree with that decision. Um, I think there was an unfortunate series of words that were exchanged probably in Luxor's office that everybody would wish never happened. And uh, it seems like the incident on the freeway was there was testimony from Mr. Benchcore's passenger that it wasn't his fault. Um, and so I'm I'm. Really willing and ready to uh, adopt the recommendation from the hearing officer that this be lifted.
8: Okay, I'll make a motion to um, uphold the findings of the hearing officer.
1: Is there a second? second? Make a discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion passes. Summary suspension will be lifted. Next item?
0: So he can come to the office. Um, I have, I have it on my desk. If he wants to go down now and get it, if you want to go down now and get it, they can take it off my desk. But otherwise, um, you can wait till tomorrow morning. If first, I mean, I'm in the hearing, so if they can't find it for some reason, it's going to be a problem for them to get a hold of me. But it's sitting on my desk. So, um, but if you want to come tomorrow morning, it might be better. So, thank you. Next item. Okay, next item. Uh, special order. Oh well. Yeah, actually, why
1: don't we go to. Uh, Number 10. Yeah, number 10, and we'll still do public comment special order at 4 o'clock.
0: Okay. Number 10 is proposed amendments to medallion holder section of the taxi cab ramp taxi rules and regulations, and there's a proposed amendment to rule 4A9, 4A10, 4A11, and a proposed new rule 4A13. Uh, these have originated in the rules committee. Um, perhaps uh, would you like me to give an overview, Vice President President, or would you like no. to... No. Yeah? Okay. All right. Um, so... What we have here is some rules that originated at the, uh, at the Rules Committee of the um, Taxi Commission. Um, these came up a while ago, and then we kind of, you know, there was no resolution, um, meaning that there was not a unanimous vote or even a passing vote either way. Uh, but uh, we felt that we should bring them up here at the full commission for full discussion. Uh, we've had several very nice, important, productive discussions at the Rules Committee regarding these rules. And um, so uh, as a result, they have now come forward in the form of resolutions. Um, And there had been – actually, now that I'm thinking about this, I realize I've been remiss because I was supposed to draft new language for you, and I didn't do that in the time of last Thursday to now. Yeah, I apologize. Um, but I know I know what we talked about, okay. so we can we can go over that when the time comes for each one. Um, if I may
3: request, I I think there was uh, less um, uh, dissension or or less uh, or more of a coming together on 4A10 than there was on 4A9. So for that reason, I. I would like to go with 4 a 10 first. Um, we weren't in agreement, everyone on the same page, but it was less diverse than, than the other one,
1: I think. Then let me just uh, review here. Wasn't there a discussion that we were going to discuss these and then vote on them in December because of the noticing requirements that the fact that we were going to change some of the structure
3: no that's what you wanted to do but what I wanted to do <laughs> was was to discuss because it's been discussed in the subcommittee for so many times was to present it to the commissioners if the commissioners were ready to vote on it tonight it has been properly noticed and even with the amendments I believe and, and city attorney Owen if he could correct me they weren't so substantive that we couldn't just go ahead if there was agreement and if the commissioners wanted to postpone and wait for the month we okay. would do that but yeah. we' leaving it in the Commission of stands,
1: Okay. you know, as a whole. Okay, so do you want to go to 4A10 eight, eight,
0: first? 4A10, yeah, this is the quote-unquote drive-your-own-cab rule, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of discussion about this rule, um, mostly pertaining to enforcement actions that happened in the past um, prior to my tenure as director. Um, you know, and... Uh, you know, basically whether or not the, the rule makes business sense for the color schemes. And many color schemes have testified that the rule does not make business sense for them and that it's actually hurting them because when cabs are parked in the lot and they're just sitting there, it's not serving the public. And the commissioners, I think, mostly have been in agreement with that. Also, discussion has been had around whether there should be a percentage. Um, 50% of the time you should drive your own cab, 75%, et cetera. Um, but uh, I don't think there was a lot of support for the percentage idea. I think that they, if unavailable, i trying to remember some other comments. Some people felt it was too broad, um, but I think that that broadness actually benefits the medallion holders and the drivers. It benefits them because unavailability could be any number of things that are mostly pertaining to business operations. So there is a resolution attached, which would um, provide that you would – amend the rule um, so that um, they, sh- they shall drive it unless it's unavailable. So pretty basic.
1: The changes, the way it reads now is that unless their taxi cab is out of service. Correct. Which sort of implies that it's broken down for some reason. This just changes, it says unless that vehicle is unavailable. And it should be clear that unavailable does not mean, like I said at the rules committee, that that vehicle is out on a long-term lease. That's not what that means, and, and I don't think that's what's going to allow uh, that this will change a will allow to happen. So unavailable means we're trying to serve the public more flexibly, and uh, if we adopt this rule, then we might be able to do that. So I can support this today.
3: We're going to add language in um, as one of the suggested amendments that to define that unavailable does not mean a long-term lease, I mean, to just put it in there. Did we Did we talk about that?
0: Well, we talked about that in the context, and I said that, yes, you could do that, but then it might not be better to address those issues when you look at the long-term lease okay. rules themselves. Okay. Okay. Commissioner O'Neill said, well, I would be willing to support this if I have those other amendments before me. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Or the wheels before the taxi. I guess. Sorry for all my motor vehicle jokes today. But um, yeah, so that was the only reservation that you had.
6: That was yeah. So I, I agree with what Director Thinkman is saying.
3: Right, but in order for this to go forward, did you need language in here that specifically excluded long-term leases? Um, you know, or, or defined unavailable as not including long-term leases because we are not working on the leases and we don't have that section ready at this point in time.
6: No, what we, well, what I agree to is to bring this forward and at the pleasure of the commission decide as a, a body on what to do with it. You okay. know, so I, I'd go along with the rest of the, the commission on this one.
2: Okay.
0: The, the leases are going to be up at the Rules Committee on the very next uh, agenda, mm-hmm. and will be coming forward. I mean, this is a major – the leases issue is a major issue for the commission to deal with prior to the merger, mm-hmm. while the commission, with its vast institutional knowledge as compared to our new situation, which apparently, as I'm finding out, up to the minute reporting, was approved at the board just now. So we will be merging with MTA effective March 1st.
1: Do you have anything? I mean, are you prepared to vote for this today? Or? No. Okay. Did I take public comment on?
9: No. Not okay.
1: Um, let's discuss all of the rules, and then I'm going to go to public comment because this is all agenda is under agenda item 10.
3: I I think if we want this to move forward, take each one. Uh, otherwise, we're going to get all bogged down and some people are in favor of this one and not in favor of the other one. Okay. I, I just, I just want to really. Give more
1: time for public comment. That's fine. It's <laughs> a public comment on each section of item 10, so we'll take it now for one minute. Mark? Uh,
15: Mark Bruberg. And I would strongly oppose this in, in the form it's been proposed. Um, what it says is that um, You have to comply with the the, uh, you have to drive your own medallion when complying with the driving requirement, unless that vehicle is unavailable. And uh, President Gillespie's discussion of this alone makes it very clear that the language, unless that vehicle is is unavailable, um, is completely ambiguous and needs a whole bunch of explanations and asterisks and other kinds of of explanations. Um, I. Even if you exclude long-term leases, which is not in here, you, you have the very simple situation of a cab company that puts out a medallion holder's medallion to another driver prior to the time that the driver comes into the lot, whether that driver is scheduled for that time or not, and therefore it is always unavailable. And what you're going to end up with is basically cabs that are being operated where the medallion holder is not behind the wheel.
2: Thank you.
4: Good afternoon, again, Commissioners. Charles Rathbaum. One of the a few, uh, a, a few, but one of the really good reasons for uh, giving taxicab permits to cab drivers is that we are expected to look after the condition of our vehicles. Uh, it bothers me that some of the permit holders want to remove that hy- historically important reason for giving medallions to individual drivers. Uh, the main reason being advanced is that some. Uh, permit holders have gotten into the habit of simply not showing up for work on time. Uh, I think that's a poor reason to remove uh, one of the foundations underlying our system of individual medallion holders. I think this uh, rule uh, actually undermines the integrity of the medallion program. If you want to do something really useful about uh, making more cabs available at shift change, forget this rule. And instead, require that all shift changes be staggered over a period of hours. Thank you. you.
21: I could not agree with Charles Rathbone more. One of the reasons why medallion holders have to drive is you want to advantage good cap companies. They have to. they'll they'll be more likely to take their cab to a place where they have a good dispatch if they're actually driving. The reason we want to have the medallion holders in their own cab is because the cab is going to be kept in better condition if they're actually driving it. If If a company has 40 or 50 medallion holders and they can put them all in 20 or 30 cabs, Those 20 or 30 cabs are going to be in good shape, and the rest of them are going to be like spare cabs are now. And ask any driver what it's like to drive a spare cab as opposed to a cab that is driven by a medallion holder, and you will hear stories of bucket of bolts. Thank
1: you.
24: Um, I like the flexibility of this rule and uh, some of the speakers that so far are from very small companies. It's much easier at a very small cab company with four or five units to, to have the medallion holders drive their own cab. With a much larger company with a, with a huge Very large group of employees coming in at all times. It's quite often that I will come to work and my cab will be have shifted out at a different time. And I can sit around and wait for three hours for my particular cab to come in, but the dispatcher oftentimes will hand me a spare. Why? Because my principal reason for driving my own cab isn't to drive that vehicle. It is to fulfill the requirement to the citizens of San Francisco to, for me to personally deliver taxi service to them. So what vehicle I'm in is very inconsequential to what I'm actually doing, which is providing service to the city of San Francisco by driving my own taxicab or what is really as a taxicab. And so I really appreciate the flexibility this rule offers.
26: Thank you.
27: Thank you, Carl McMurdo. Um, I think the comments of the speakers who are against this rule are largely specious. And uh, for the new commissioner, there the two new commissioners, but what happened during the dot-com boom, this rule was being enforced. And every day at Yellow Cab, which has hundreds of cabs, <coughs> there were cabs, scores of cabs sitting in the lot. Drivers lined up waiting to go out on shifts, hoping to work. The public standing in the street unable to get a cab because of this rule. It's terrible for public service. And it would be as though you get $50 for being here in the commission if each chair had your name on it and some other. You only got your $50 if you sat in your chair but someone else borrowed the chair. You're doing the same work. It's just a nonsensical rule in my opinion. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
28: I agree with Carl on this and um, you know one of the reasons I wanted to be a medallion holder is to be able to drive the same cab and be able to keep it make sure that a cab is in good condition. And I think most medallion holders feel the same way and would prefer to drive their own cabs, but if if I come in and uh you know, if they're not able to put say my cab out or somebody else's cab out and there's all these drivers waiting to go out, it's gonna hold all these other drivers up. Um, you know, and if the driver needs to get there on time to get his cab, he needs to call and say, Well, what time's my cab coming in and try to get it? You know. I just I don't think it's gonna make that much difference in the upkeep of the cabs and that should be a different rule anyhow, that cabs need to be kept up. And any driver, I can shop a cab even if it's not my cab. I can say, "Oh, there's something wrong here," and I'm going to shop it. So, thank you. Okay. Hi, uh,
26: I'm Mark Georgi, a medallion holder. I won't repeat the, uh, the arguments you've heard. Um, just a little historical perspective. In 2000. As uh, many of you know, uh, Sergeant Vince Simpson stood here and uh, gave the commission at that time a, a functional interpretation of the drive your own rule. He essentially laid it out as if available. And uh, it was never reversed by an edict from the commission. It was never put on paper. I saved the video and the audio of that. I have it with me if, if that could conceivably be useful. But until 2006, that was the functional interpretation. The previous executive director reinterpreted the rule literally and we were back to square one. So I would I, I would urge you to consider one factor in changing the rule that it kind of was the de facto rule for uh, a number of years. Thanks. Thank you. Uh,
5: commissioners, there's uh, there's one perception that uh, if the owner doesn't drive his own cab. It isn't taken care of. Um, and uh, and that perception to me is, is totally incorrect. I mean, I've watched this at several, you know, major cab companies here in San Francisco over the last, you know, dozen years. And, uh, you know, one, owners do drive their own cab. Even those that want to, want this rule to pass, drive their own cab most of the time. Uh, as I explained at committee, there are those days when an owner comes in at, uh, two o'clock because his cab's supposed to be in at two. But the day driver didn't show up, so they didn't get the cab out until later that day, so now it's not going to be until four or five. Rather than making him wait till four or five, we put him out in an owner's cab that, who called in and says, I'm not coming to work tonight. And it's just a, a thing that happens at all the companies, and so from a management standpoint, it's very efficient uh, to move the drivers when it's uh, needed. Uh, it provides better service to the city because the guy comes to work, takes the cab, and goes, and so I would, ask you to support this.
1: Thank you.
29: Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm here to dispel the rumor that I'm dying. Uh, I am, so is everybody else. uh, (laughs) In any case, Nathan DeWitt, President of Yellow Cabin, I just wanted to thank uh, President Gillespie, Vice President Breslin, Commissioner Arnetto, who worked endlessly on the Rules Committee. And these recommendations are a distillation of their hours of work, and there is no really any point in my saying this way or that way. I just urge you to adopt their hard work. Thank you.
25: Hello. I think there are some unfounded assumptions made by critics uh, of this uh, rule change. First, uh, fewer cabs used. That's just not logical. It seems to me that under this rule there would be more cabs, not fewer cabs in the the fleet used. Um, And another assumption is that because someone is a medallion holder, that person necessarily will take better care of the cab. Not true. Uh, We find the same range of of care and neglect with medallion holders as we do with drivers. Uh, Finally, I think what this is about is... Are the medallion holders driving the number of shifts or hours per year that they're supposed to? And the burden of proof is on the medallion holder. Thank you. Thank you.
10: Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin again for Luxury Cab. I, I just I heard the UTW people come up here and mention about, about the cabs were being run down. I don't think they've been over to Luxury lately because we have two we have two different mechanic shops, we have tire shops, we have paint shops, we have 24-hour service 365 days out of the year. Saying that these cars won't be taken care of, it's none of our business. You know, The thing is, all we care about in Luxury is getting these shifts out and getting them out of the street as fast as possible. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing none, public comments close. Any other discussion, Commissioner? Is there any questions on this? seems like a logical and a good thing to do.
18: I just wanted to make a small comment. This is before my time, but the rule 4A9 wasn't discussed as much as 4A10, and I think that's a great idea that I would be in support of is not having the Taxis parked in the neighborhoods when they're doing the shift changes because
8: no, we're not on we're not on
1: yeah, right. we are going to do that. We huh? skipped over a nine. We we're coming back to it. Okay, yeah. 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 we're talking about them all as a yeah, group. Yeah, no, we, now we're taking them one at a time. Okay. So we're still Pre-
3: President the, Gillespie suggested doing everything as a group. So you heard that correctly, and then I I was taking my prerogative as chair of okay. the rules HN. to ask for okay. it to be severed uh, separately. <laughs> Um, I did just want to say one thing about this change. The way it stood before we made the change to if available was really punitive and had nothing to do with um, the upkeep of the vehicle. It it was just uh, saying your driving won't count unless you're in your own car. Well I don't think that's a, a good link to have and so I think that this recommendation of unless that vehicle is unavailable resolves the issue that we're not linking but driving in a specific car to meeting a driving requirement. Mr.
1: Benjamin?
6: I agree with
8: uh, Commissioner Reslin and I'd like to make a motion to accept this rule.
1: We have a motion. Is there a second? Second. All in I favor? Aye. Uh, Any opposed? This passes, so this will be our new 4A10.
0: I would like to also, um, I don't know if... E- I don't know if you need to take official action on this, but what I would like to do is we have a couple of years worth of audits to do at this point, and I would like the rule to apply retroactively so that we don't cite anyone for, um, the, you know, for the violation of this rule. Even though it, it was the rule at the time and people were disobeying, we will not be citing or not counting shifts, so I just want to go on record, at least while I'm there. I think without objection
1: so. you can use that discretion Great. Uh, mm-hmm. going forward.
0: Good. Okay. Excellent. All right. So All right. We'll if everyone understand. out there, does everyone understand what I just said? No one will be cited by my office. As long as I'm still there, I can't vouch for the future. But for retroactive, even though this rule was the rule at the time, I'm certainly not going to cite anyone or bring anyone up on charges for violating this rule, even if they violated it in the past couple of years. So just want that to be clear on the record. Okay, the next part is 4A9. Did you want to go to I that want to
1: next? go to uh, uh, public comment now, the special order 4 o'clock.
0: Oh, special order public comment. Yeah. Okay. Special order public comment is item number 9. Yeah. Please limit the public comment to items not on the agenda.
1: Can I see a show of hands who wants to speak here? Okay. I'll allow three minutes then. I just see two hands. I don't want ten people.
2: <laughs> Robert? <laughs>
1: Carl, you saw three? Yeah. Okay. Three minutes.
6: Oh no. no. Is
1: well, wait a second. Let's make it two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh too
3: bad. It says oh. three here.
1: <laughs> People weren't
3: being okay. honest and forthcoming.
26: <laughs> Hello, Commissioners. My name is Robert Vitke. I'm a dispatcher and a driver for Yellow Cab. I drove out to Candlestick Park after the 49ers game a couple of weeks ago. I went out Third Street to Williams and the police had outbound Third Street closed beyond that point. It would have been nice if they'd been able to let me in an empty taxi go through and up to Ingerson and take a left in Ingerson and go directly to the park. It would have been quicker than cutting through the back streets. A lot of drivers don't know those back streets. Perhaps the more important issue, though, is that at Candlestick Park, there's a whole group of people, police personnel, assisting passengers get their cabs. And you've got this apparatus in place, and I think this would be a good time to put a surcharge on trips from Candlestick Park after football games. This we've talked about using surcharges for radio service, and this would be a good way to start this process going. Um, You could just have signs saying surcharge three dollars, four dollars, two dollars, whatever, and have each police personnel who helps somebody into a cab just hand them a sheet saying that there's going to be a surcharge on this trip. Um, This is a way of, of introducing this. It's a pilot project, if you will. Um, and I would like you to think about this um, because I think surcharges is the way to go to improve better service. Thank you. Thanks, Robert.
1: Next speaker, please. Everyone just line up if you want to speak.
27: <coughs> yeah, um, Carl McMurrow. The only thing I want to talk about is to compliment the staff and Jordana on the uh, award ceremony that was held last week for the drivers of the year. That's. Such a, such a special thing. I hope MTA continues it, and all the commissioners here were either there this year or the year before. So, I think you know it's a wonderful thing. I just wanted to say that. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Carl.
10: I was going to speak a public, public comment, but uh, I think Robert's comment about the two dollars or the surcharge. There is a two dollars surcharge button on our vehicle for Candlestick to draw the drivers out. But I would like to mention that. Anybody coming down Bayshore Highway, Bayshore Boulevard, and make it a left on Salinas to third, a left on third to to, uh, Ingerson. they'll bring them right into the park. It is always open. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else?
17: Uh, well, I can't get this uh, thing to back up. I need a little bit more vision on. Uh, Peter Witt, Yellow Cab. Uh, if you can, I think this expands, and then you can see the whole thing. Yeah, there you go. Okay, thank you. Uh, this is a survey. That, this is a customer survey I've produced. Um, for the record, uh, the surveys I've produced are for PCN purposes. Uh, Public correspondence. Uh, And this is an 05 preliminary report on taxi customer service. Uh, Over 1,000 customers every year I survey. But every year this taxi commission loses them. Public correspondence is disappearing from the PCNN process. How is that possible? And who is responsible? I'd say it's a bit of a problem when it comes to anecdotal evidence that's used to outline public policy. It's a serious problem. I believe there is an ethical violation here. I believe there are many ethical violations here with regards to public trust, disregarding correspondence, and disseminating evidence. Um, The Taxi Commission is accountable. They should be accountable. The Sunshine is now addressing the subject. Uh, I was surprised to, to not see what was not on the calendar, and that would be uh, the violations that I filed against this commission. There was no report of that, those complaints, and there was no comp- report of the uh, decision that was given by Sunshine. So in order of determination, uh, I don't see any of that, and yet you are guilty of violating the law. Sunshine. So again, the records do not reflect that. Now, uh, last meeting I was here, I I asked for a correction of the minutes. I also was not included in the minutes. But you didn't bother to put me in. Completely missing from the minutes. The words I submit to you are are left out. That's a no-no. You know that. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, Jordana is a lawyer. She knows how to read. There's only one way to read that law. And yet she does it on purpose. She knows that she can play with the taxi. Excuse me, the Sunshine Taxi. It's the Sunshine Ordnance Task Force. She knows she can play that game with them. She knows how powerless they are to prevent her from actually doing it. So when you, you know, you want to inject the minutes, you want to put them in there. You want to correct the minutes. Why aren't they corrected? It's a simple question. Why? Why am I not included in the minutes? Why do the minutes distort the truth?
1: Thank you. Next speaker.
13: Um, Okay, I'm I'm sort of on the same issue I was before. I've really got a problem with the way the press uh, uh, portrays. Portrays the industry and how the uh, the reporting is it's it's just slanted in a certain way. And the only people that are ever quoted from this industry, I keep reading story after story, are Gruber, Grafison, Williams, and now uh, Mr. Bud Hazelcorn, who I really don't think is qualified to speak for this industry because I understand he's only been driving maybe less than a year. So he is not even qualified to speak for the drivers as a whole. And the way that the stories are slanted. So in, you know, according to the press. These are the only cab drivers in town. There was a a person on this commission that refers to the UTW as a media creation, and I I think that is right on point. There is nothing but a media creation with about eight or nine members, and I know because I, I worked with them for years, and I couldn't get anybody to join. Nobody wanted to join the UTW, and they still don't. They don't represent the industry. Thank you. Anyone else?
24: Uh, first thing I'd like to say is uh, is uh, the uh, – I want to talk again about the report we saw earlier, but not specifically about the report, but about a future report dealing with clean air vehicles. I believe there has to be two additional columns. The first column has to sh- – another column has to show all the vehicles which meet a certain EPA standard of, of –
1: Mike, I'm going to let you do this. You're, you're not going to let me do this? No, I'm, I'm going to. Okay. It, but you're not really – I want you to make it brief.
24: This is okay. Well, this is because public this comment is part, about about the next comment. report, which this
1: has been agendized already. And yes, agendized.
24: but I'm not talking about that report. I'm, I'm talking agendized. about a future report. Okay, and it, it, I I think it has to include those. We have to see those vehicles that meet. And when I and when I, when I want to buy a car and I go up on Yahoo Autos, I can always see what the EPA standard is for that car. So, just develop a standard and include those cars, and then the full percentages of all the cars. In that particular company's fleet that would meet that standard. And I think you're doing a great job on these reports. I, do, I don't want to criticize them. I just think that a, a, a bit more information could be given to the public. And um, and I'd like to, to, to just, my last comment is about what we just heard from the mayor. Hey, Mary. I'll give you and that's that, that these articles are being planted in these newspapers. People are front-running their own policies, and we've seen this for years, and I'm really tired of seeing this happen, and I want to see it stopped, and I hope it stops at MTA. Thank you. Thank
12: you. Good evening, Commissioner Tariq Mahmood, the driver. I have to shut off my shift to rush back for your meeting. Why this taxi commission is going to be folded? What was the problem behind it? The problems were, there were certain rules which some stakeholders felt that it's kind of cumbersome, problem, too much paperwork. They repeated that question a million times over here. Nobody listened to them. They found a way to get rid of it, and now we are heading to MTA. Please look in this way. We have to find solutions, not create troubles. Get rid of all these things which cause this Taxi Commission to go away. So when we get to MTA, we stay there. Thank you.
25: Thank you. I think it's common knowledge that this, these commission proceedings are the most viewed of any government uh, channel. And so I want to make a proposal for a revenue generator, and that's to make all of Peter Witt's comments pay for view. Thank you.
1: I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist as tempting as that is. Anyone else? Okay, public comment. That item is closed. Let's go back now to uh, agenda item 10. Okay.
0: Um, so back to item 10, uh, the next one to discuss. Would you like to discuss 4A9 or 4A11 and 13 next?
3: Yeah, I think
0: 4A13. Uh, you mean 11? Well, it's on the same resolution there, you know, 11 and 13. Um, so, uh, okay, again, this one, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around this. Um, is Mike Spain still here? He's always gone during – this is his favorite, favorite rule – um, <laughs> sorry, he wasn't here during Rules Committee either, so I know he's going to be so pleased. Um, so, yeah, basically the issue around this, it goes back to language of Proposition K, and it goes back to, uh, you know, some things that the detail had wanted in the rules to comply with Proposition K. And basically there's, there's a couple of things at issue. Number one, there's an, actually an abandonment provision in Proposition K, as Commissioner O'Netto pointed out at the Rules Committee. Um, that abandonment provision provides that a medallion should be seized and, and revoked if the business is abandoned for 10 days or more. So by giving notice to the detail, or what would have been now the commission, of this, um, you know, intent to leave for 30 days, the medallion holder was protecting him or herself to avoid having, theoretically, this is all theoretical, to have the, then, then the medallion would not be seized for abandonment because the, the person would know. Um, at the the enforcement office that, you know, the medallion was not to be operated during that time. Um, Additional grounds were that, um, you know, yes, uh, many medallion holders drive their cabs. Some do not. And so, theoretically, this could give the enforcement uh, team at Taxi Detail, you know, oh, this guy is not around or whatever. Um, You know, the rule, no one needs to know where people are going. Someone's going to Brazil, someone's going to uh, Turkey, wherever someone's going, that is fine. The issue is being able to contact people and being able to serve official notice upon people. Um, All kinds of notices come out of the commission, not just complaints. It could be letters. It could be notice of of legislation. Here comes an important issue. The merger is going to have to be publicly noticed to all the permittees, color schemes, drivers, and medallion holders to alert them to the merger. And so as a result, we're going to need to mail notice to people. Um, Could people be quiet, please? Jack and Marty? Please. Please. Thank you. Um, So, you know, because of those reasons, uh, you know, with some small amendments, this rule could really accomplish the goals that it needs to um, without being so restrictive and intruding, um, as some people have said, upon people's civil rights. So uh, as far as, you know, personal notice of vacation, et cetera. So there's a couple different amendments, and we did have a full discussion on this at Rules Committee. Um, basically, um, it was felt that 4A11 could just basically uh, come out, and they could all it, everything could go under 4A13 because it pertains to you know paperwork and noticing and addresses, et cetera. So.
3: Um, excuse me. Uh, I think actually. Um, my recollection is that in 4A11 we decided it was two different things. One is the operation of the taxicab, and the other is the um, contact information, and that it was the contact information part only that would be merged into 4A13. That is correct. Okay, good. good. Yeah.
0: Because right. they were – they were. the issue of the address is relevant to 4A13. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
3: But not the – but the operation one, we still need that separate because we need to keep – make sure the vehicle is operating.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are there any
2: questions on this,
8: Commissioner? I, I have one uh, question. Is there a possibility that uh, we could amend the 411A to also include that – if the medallion is going to be out of service for 30 days, that the color scheme will have the right to activate that medallion even in this person's absence. So if a person is going to be gone for three months or two months, that we don't have to leave the cab medallion off the street for that length of time.
0: Well, by taking out the part about driving, that's actually what that does. Because here it says operation. I mean, there's okay. you know because there's no there's no way that that medallion wouldn't be operated right i mean how how could unless it's a one person color scheme in which case who would have the authority cuz the guy's gone
1: yeah we we discussed this uh, commissioner benjamin and it's probably going to be very rare that anyone is ever going to take a medallion out of operation oh that's right so this is almost a rule almost a formality type rule the problem with this before is it 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 implied that people had to tell us every time they personally weren't going to be driving, if they are going right. out of the country or something like that, which is it's just unnecessary and intrusive. So we clarified this to make sure that what you have to do if you're going to go out of operation, we believe that that will never be, because like throwing money away it, to take your vehicle out of operation. Although there is roots in this rule, and what happened in the 1970s when there was a bankruptcy and, and cabs literally were taken out of operation. Say no more. So, okay. But, I, but now
3: that we're talking about that, I did want to uh, note in the last sentence, or the last two sentences of 4A11, we did make some recommended amendments here right. um, to this. And so instead of, as it, as it reads, to substitute in, every medallion holder shall provide... His, um, actually, I, I recommended shall keep his uh, emergency contact information current and not even have him if he or she plans to be residing out of the country or is otherwise um, unavailable. And I, I said current because I, don't think, I think 30 yeah. consecutive days is just arbitrary. Yeah. You want to have that emergency contact information current Let's all the that time. Let's amendment here
1: you know? because I agree with you. So it should say every Medallion holder shall provide his, that should be or her, Yeah colour scheme with emergency contact information. And You're keep
3: in? that information current. Yeah. You know, or whatever. I don't know if you need some like everyone must provide current, current contact current. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. That's right. Shall yeah. provide his or
2: with
3: and then current eliminate emergency
1: from contact information if he on until thirty consecutive days.
2: Yeah.
3: Because it doesn't matter if they're even if someone is in the city and you can't get hold of them, that's just as bad as if they're out of the country. Yeah.
1: Um, You know, so so we can do that. And then is there any change we need to make to the new rule of A-13? I think
0: that's fine.
1: Read that so people this is a brand new rule. It says
0: so for a 13 would read every medallion holder shall provide his or her color scheme with current emergency contact okay. information. Oh, well,
1: that, that's going back to 411.
0: I, I know, but you yeah, wanted but to combine them. move in. Yeah, okay. it's going to move yeah. in. Okay. So every medallion holder shall provide his or her color scheme with current emergency contact information, period. Mm-hmm. Every medallion holder shall give written notice to the Taxi Commission within 10 days of any change of residence address and shall accept mail at the address provided to the Commission. A post office box is not permitted. Every medallion holder designates his or her color scheme as the agent for service of process. Failure or refusal of a color scheme to accept service of process or claims of non-receipt shall not relieve a medallion holder of the burden of response. And just so people are aware, we send a service of process to the medallion holder's personal address and the color scheme, so there's two different places it can go for them to get it, just just so you know.
3: And and just at the beginning of 4A11, I think the... um, uh, deletion line started just one word too soon. Uh, just yeah. as a note should be um, written notification to the Taxi Commission if uh, I mean if keep, there keep the opinion that <laughs> oh, uh,
13: no, yeah. deleted right. yeah. that is correct yes
1: okay. Okay, I'm going to take public comment on this for one minute is there any public comment seeing none public comment is closed commissioners any questions or everybody clear on what we're doing here
8: uh, I make a motion to accept uh, and include the amendments For a second, second.
1: All in favor? Uh, Aye. Any opposed? Yes. Both passes. Let's go back to four A nine now.
0: Yes, four A nine is shift changing off the property. So, the question we have here is whether um, we should have a rule that allows people to um, begin or end each shift, and that. It should say, the first one should say, medallion holders shall ensure that the taxi cab operating under the medallion issued to them begins or ends all shifts at their color scheme's place of business. Or whether we should have the rule the way it is right now with some minor amendments that are necessary to housekeep the situation. Um, And that would be that medallion holders shall ensure that the taxi cab operating under the medallion issued to them begins and ends all shifts. So that would keep the rule the way it is, we just need to do those amendments so you would vote on those. Or you would be adopting a new rule saying you either have to begin or end, but you can shift change somewhere else in the city or, you know, at a BART station or whatever. I think that everyone in the Rules Committee already had pretty much consensus that it should occur in the city, that shift changes should not be happening in South City, Hercules, Richmond, Tracy, Ukiah. That makes sense. You name it.
8: We're we going to enforce it.
0: Well, some of
1: us also believe that the rule is fine as it is. Yeah. <laughs> that the, <laughs> and that you should change your shift at the property of the company and that any requests should be very specific and only limited to do it anywhere else. And I'm I'm very reluctant to move into a situation where shifts are being changed all over the city and drivers aren't turning in their Waybills and vehicles aren't being checked, and it's just a whole lot of stuff. So that's my feeling about this, is that if we do consider something that should be just a minor, uh, it should not be a wholesale allowing of property shift changing. And I think, Commissioner Tom, one of the concerns about this is neighborhood concerns. People don't want a lot of cabs to be parked in the neighborhoods. And uh, I think it's a concern that has been raised before when things things have occasionally come up before us. And the public doesn't want that to happen. I personally don't want it to happen. I think there needs to be a parking space for every vehicle. And for the most part, they need to be parked in those parking lots and not on the streets of the city.
18: Well, not only that, uh, when they're parking in the neighborhoods, They're not even servicing that neighborhood that they're parking in. That's what other people have complained about and and I've seen. They're just storing them on the street in front of somebody else's driveway or house. And and then when you're out in one of these neighborhoods, whether it be the outer sunset close to the Great Highway or Excelsior or something, uh, you can't get taxi service out there anyway. So um, this would be a better way to have them accountable, go to where they should be working and...
1: Kind of a slap in the face to see a cab parked out in an outlying neighborhood that you can't get a cab in. I mean, that's almost Absolutely. like double whammy right there. So, is there any other comments before I go to public comment? I
3: just, I yes. just for full discussion's sake, and and I'm not weighing in one way or the other on this, but for full discussion's sake, uh, a couple of the um, suggestions were to limit shift changes to at a taxi stand or at a MUNI um, uh, or a BART station or a MUNI stop um, just because it might be easier for someone to come in on MUNI or BART and, and shift change that way. So just for discussion's sake, I'll throw that out. I'm not tied to one way or the other
0: on this.
1: You we'll take public comment now on this? I would,
0: I would also say yeah. One yeah. Go ahead, um, that, you know, the commission can vote on this issue, but This is going to be one of those things that, you know, MTA from a traffic standpoint, from a planning standpoint, from a parking standpoint might change, you know, depending on what's adopted. I mean, the MTA might say, you know, the DPT might be like, are you kidding? We have so many complaints about extra vehicles in the streets, whatever. So I just kind of want to put that in the mix, too, you know.
1: Just kind of –
8: Paul? Um, is going to have
2: the ability to change
1: anything we do.
0: So. <laughs> I, I
8: think the main reason for a, a shift change on the property or the color scheme is that uh, the way bills should be turned in on a daily basis and that the lost property has to be recovered right away. Because if, I mean, well, how are you going to say that the guy uh, gets picked up at Bart Daly City and uh, he's going to drive all the way downtown to wherever the color scheme changes and he's going to drop that off at the right time and place? where it's convenient for the passenger to get his stuff back. So I'm I'm not in favor of any changes either on this.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we'll go to public comment now
8: for uh, one minute.
21: Have we forgotten so soon that a driver was killed over in El Cerrito because he was not changing the cab at the cab lot? and he thought he was doing the right thing, he was doing something really safe. He parked and did the cab change in front of the police station. It just turned out that the police station, their jurisdiction stopped in the middle of the road there, and it took two hours for the police to get there when he was murdered. People watched and they saw that cab was left there for hours. Every single day, and they saw that their pickup was there every single day, and sometime, early in the morning, when he went and parked his cab at 4 a.m to exchange it for his pickup truck and drive back, somebody saw that and killed him.
1: Thank you.
5: Uh, commissioners, uh, regarding this, I mean, actually, I'm I'm really in favor of keeping the rule pretty tight in, in regards to. I, I think uh, Austin Fowl needs to be turned in every day. I think the way bills need to be turned in, in every day. But I kind of get back to reality of what guys are going to do, and almost, and I, I hate to say, it, but almost regardless of what the rule is. And so I'd like to have people as much conformity as possible, and that is um, that they be allowed to. Shift change, meaning maybe changing the guy who's driving it, you know, within the city limits of San Francisco. I agree with Rue as far as I don't think they should be changing in Richmond or El Cerrito. But they're changing in the city only, still having to follow the other. And what guys will do, they will come to the garage, they will, you know, turn their way bill, they'll get their credit cards uh, cashed out, they'll uh, turn in their lost and found, and they get in their cab and they drive out to wherever they're going to shift change with the guy and change cabs. Uh, I don't think anybody's got the personnel to monitor whether they're doing that or not, um, but I think we should have rules of place if they don't shift change outside, they don't park their cabs in the street. Thank you.
24: Yes, I think uh, the factual uh, aspect that uh, a driver was killed changing cabs somewhere is, is it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about here. More drivers are killed and injured driving cabs. Uh, both by customers and through accidents than, than are ever killed getting exchanging their cab in El Cerrito. The real, the, the real issue that you have to consider is the impact on various neighborhoods in San Francisco. Um, that is where the, the real problem, it, it's not the money that turned in or where the way bills or the lost and found end up. We know that stuff always gets to the cab company eventually if it's not the same day within hours because as you're driving around you pass the cab companies ten times a night. It's easy enough to draw. The real impact is on the neighborhoods and how much uh, exchanging cabs in the middle of the Excelsior would impact that neighborhood. And, and I see it right now as being fairly minimal. We have to remember that at one time there were 712 cabs in San Francisco and now there's 1,500 and, and San Francisco hasn't doubled its size. So, thank you. Thank you.
13: So, some of these areas where the cab companies are are, are dark and dangerous, like where uh, Green Cab is. Have you ever seen the, you know, that little cul-de-sac on Pennsylvania? I wouldn't want to be changing shifts there. Uh, so, uh, and also, I do remember it was a few years ago, but there was a club down by Luxor. There, you know, there's all kinds of trouble out there. You know, off and on, they have different tenants occupying this club. But, you know, one night the guy had just bought his. You know, a brand-new car, a color scheme guy. And, the, you know, they—they they, uh, some guys from the club got on top of it and stomped it to death. So, And then there was a car, uh, a cab set on fire in the alley, in Upton Alley, once down where I work. So um, I, I don't – as far as safety, you know, maybe the Richmond's <laughs> – some of the neighborhoods are safer than where some of these cab companies are.
1: Thank you.
20: Shift changing for my unit – is becoming a more and more challenge. For the last month, first I should back up and say the majority of color schemes are law-abiding, good companies that follow the rules and regs. Of course, on the flip side of that, we have several companies that just simply don't follow the rules. They don't do what they're supposed to do, and they're totally driven by their own profits. We have been looking for a particular individual for the last month that does not have an A card and gets in that cab and is out there on the streets operating. I have no idea where to find him. I go to the sh- I go to the color scheme, I sit out in front of the parking lot, I sit out there many nights, spent a lot of your money doing it, and I can't find him. So the bottom reason is we need to know a place where we can monitor to make sure that all companies are complying with the rules to make sure that we know where these people are and that what they're doing. When I come in in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, Townsend Street between 7th and 5th has become the second limousine slash taxi park zone in the city. I can count up to 20 to 30 vehicles there every morning, park there overnight. That is where they're shifting. And if I had the personnel, I would sit there every morning and be issuing citations, but I don't have the personnel to do that. So that's one of the reasons why. We need to know where people are shifting in and out of their vehicles so we can monitor them and and make sure that they're complying with the rules.
1: Are you saying that cabs are parking on Townsend between 5th and 7th? Like the night shift will park it there and then the day shift guy will come? in. 3 in the
20: the morning, 4 in the morning, they will park the vehicle there. They will let it sit there for several hours. Day watch comes in and that's where they shift. Is it any...
1: Is it one company or a variety of companies? It's a
20: variety of companies. And when I call on the medallion numbers, the vast majority of them are long-term leases or the brokered.
1: Okay. Because, I, I, I mean, it seems like they're almost flaunting their, uh, in, in, you know, disavance of this rule. So, I mean, I hope you feel empowered to follow up on any medallions. That I don't have the there. personnel. Yeah.
20: That's the problem. I don't have the personnel. I have Paul and myself. That's it. And we have to make sure they have to be there parked more than four hours. So then that means pulling somebody off and monitoring them for four hours. So that means somebody coming in at 2 or 3 in the morning when they get off duty and then monitoring them for four hours when the day watch group comes on. But all you have to do is go put your hand on the engine and find out it's stone cold to yeah. know that it's been there and that the dew is on the vehicles.
1: I guess I don't <laughs> want to send a message to go ahead and park there because this detail doesn't have enough I mean, it's still well, illegal. That's why they, they need it. to be
20: shift changing at their color schemes yeah. so we can put a unit there. When this car comes in, we can see who's driving it. When it goes out, we can see who's driving it, and that's not occurring. And I'll be more than happy to prepare a list of all the color, of, of all the medallion numbers that do that, if you would like that.
3: Yeah, um, just a suggestion. I don't know if you've already taken a look at this, but can't those uh, taxis be booted? I mean, can't we put it, get a boot on them?
0: No, the boot is reserved for, like, special circumstances of when you owe a lot of money to the city. And DPT, no. I mean, certainly this could be one of the commission's recommendations right. to MTA that the boot be utilized in enforcement actions against taxis, but I, don't, I think that there would be a due process issue around that. I mean, to just boot a car is not, you know.
3: Well, if, it's, if it is truly illegal for a taxi to be left unattended on a street, for you know any length of time really unattended is the issue, then there's got to be a way to supplement uh, the lack of of uh, personnel, and uh, I'm just suggesting that we look into that if indeed we keep that rule the way it is.
1: Anyone else? Okay, public comment the the is closed. <laughs> Stick a knife in the tie. <laughs> Commissioners, uh, Mike. Senses that there isn't a great deal of interest in changing this rule. Um.
3: Right now as it stands, they can uh, apply to have a shift change other than at the location, right? Yeah.
0: The only thing is that I, I would like it if you would pass the one on the second page because that takes out all the old language and cleans up the rule, you know, and takes out du- duplicative language. Um.
1: Okay, that's the... okay. The second Second proposed whereas... Yeah, because it says,
0: Medallion holders shall ensure that the taxi cab operating under the Medallion issued to them begins and ends all shifts at their color scheme's place of business, except with the approval of the commission. When the taxi cab is not employed, Medallion holders shall either leave the vehicle at their color scheme's place of business or at an alternate location approved by the taxi commission that is off the public street and sidewalk. Each request for the use of an alternate site must be made in writing. Medallion holders shall ensure that all bills reports... Um, I'm sorry, there's a hubbub in the audience again, sorry. Madonna um, uh, was shall ensure that all of those reports and found property are turned in at the color scheme's place of business at the conclusion of each shift, period. And that would, I'm sorry, Sorry, Renault, I'm sorry. Okay, thanks. Um, hmm. Sometimes even the law is lawless. The acoustics <laughs> in
1: this room are so brilliant. <laughs>
0: Just kidding. I had to make a joke. Um, we gotta lighten up in here, you know. We gotta lighten up. We might be merging, but it doesn't mean we're completely out of business. Okay. Anyways, it, this would yes, it would oh, yeah, clean up the language. Up
1: yeah. Language and it makes it more clear. And uh, so we do need to pass this. All right. Let's
19: pass a uh, 489.
1: 489. Yeah. Second second version. Okay. We're mm-hmm. clear on which one we're talking mm-hmm. about there. I a second it. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That
2: passes. Done. Item
0: 11. Okay. Item 11 is cons- this is proposed amendments to color scheme section of the taxi cab grant taxi rules and regulations, proposed rule 5H3, and proposed rule 5H4. This is regarding, um, you know, this has been posted as I might point out for a long time on the proposed rule section, what is happening, and it was kind of this Gabriel solasi case that gave um, the final initiative in my mind that we needed a rule like this. A lot of drivers come forward and say, I was working at such and such company at a particular time, and we then go to the company to try to investigate the claim of this driver, or the driver will go there, and ask for waybills, there's no waybills, and we'll ask for driver's rosters and schedules, and um, either they don't exist because they've been destroyed, either um, by design or by accident of computers, whatnot, um, or uh, there just won't be any record of that driver, because, you know, there just isn't a record there. So what this rule would do is we would collect the driver's rosters and schedules on an ongoing basis, And then we would keep them on file for the period of time that's already, you know, delineated in the rules. And that way, if a driver did make that claim, as we know, these rosters are not necessarily, um, you know, they're not complete evidence, but they give weight to someone's claim either way, you know, um, in some cases. And they have been used in the past. I know at Board of Appeals even. I mean, I looked at some rosters last night because I'm investigating a particular applicant. I had to take over the investigation due to a conflict of interest in the office with uh, one of the individuals that was working on the case. And I have these rosters on a long-term lease, and they're pretty incomplete. And it's not necessarily the color scheme's fault. It's the fault that um, the uh, long-term lessees, the drivers and and uh, that are affiliated with that particular vehicle, They're just not turning in all their way bills on a regular basis. So obviously that's going to contribute to some of the holes in these things. But I figure that after the first, you know, if we start getting them January 1st and then we got them in February, we could get a handle on some of the issues and just work with the color schemes to bring themselves into compliance and and the long-term lessees. Because the color schemes are trying their best. I really think that they are trying to keep complete records because they want to know who's driving to the accident or whatnot. And the computerized uh, color schemes, Luxor and Yellow, they have really good records as far as who's been driving, as far as logins. Um, But, you know, that's that's kind of the, the basis for it. I think it could really help people in the future.
1: Okay. I think this is a good idea. My only concern about this is that this wasn't considered at the Rules Committee. And so this is sort of the first hearing for people. And in general, I don't like to vote on something and pass something on first hearing. So what I think what I'd like to do this afternoon is we've heard your explanation of what this is. We'll take public comment and then re-agendize this for the meeting in December so that we can actually vote on it. But uh, unlike the other rules, which were discussed extensively, this one is the first time we've heard about this. I think it's a fine idea, though.
3: Okay. I just want to be clear on what it says. So the only amendment or addition here is the fact that the color schemes have to submit a copy to the Taxi Commission. They are keeping these anyway. Yeah, so. they're already keeping them. Okay. And then the other thing, I, um, just as a thought, when we discuss it in rules and, br- and bring it forward, is um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit um, I know it's this is the way it's written, but by keeping it as traditional hard copy format for the 12 months. I mean, everyone's moving towards the electronic format. And I know we say anything older than 12 months can be electronic, but but to uh, specify that it must be in the hard copy format. Within that 12 months, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if we really want to have that in in the rule because
0: everyone's going more towards the electronic version. I think it's there because um, for police reasons, you know, okay. investigations, the officers go in at different hours, and maybe someone's not in the business office, but it's going to be at the business place. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. It's already, as you point out, it yes, is already it's there. It's already there, yeah. For
8: clarification, 5 h 3 I believe it should say rosters because you're actually anticipating a weekly roster um, on a monthly basis. So you're talking about four rosters a month?
0: Um, The rosters, let's see, the rosters to be made. um, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. He's saying that the rosters, this is from the existing rule, it provides that it should be updated weekly. But then the commission is going to be provided with a copy on the first day of each month. So Mm -hmm. the question would be, which roster would the commission be provided with, or would it it be provided with all four?
8: You'd need all four, because if you're going to determine if a guy drove the first week of December and maybe he didn't drive the second or third week, you want to have that if you want these records in the first
0: place. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a copy of the rosters. rosters. Of the rosters, yeah. Yeah. The
1: weekly. You could say weekly.
0: Yeah, the rosters are to be made available 24 hours a day and updated on a weekly basis. Color scheme holders shall submit copies of the rosters to the Taxi Commission on the first day of each month. Is that your suggestion? Yes. Maybe spell out. Yeah, that's a good
2: point. You get a weekly roster, but if you
8: only submit it, all four of those should be submitted on a monthly basis. Okay. So you need four uh, rosters. Yeah. yeah. Simple.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Anyone else? I'm going to go to public comment now. Public comment for uh, one minute.
4: Hi. Again, I haven't had a chance to
1: look closely at the
4: language here, but just the initial reaction is, oh, my God, more paperwork. As, uh, that doesn't. Uh, I guess I should be happy if, I, as long as I work in the offices, is like a full full employment act for people who work in the taxi offices. But uh, seriously, a just a, a a flag up, you know, oh, more paperwork. Oh, my God. Thank you. Job security.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> idea. Of, um, just to clarify this, Commissioner Rosen mentioned this. We want to consider this at our next rules committee meeting. I think. So mm-hmm. is that scheduled between now and our next full commission meeting or not? I
0: sent around a little paper so you could indicate your availability on either the 8th or the 9th. Okay. And so if you could indicate it, then um, I will be able to know and notice uh, the um, you know our list. And so we would discuss. We could discuss these.
1: When's uh, our next taxi commission? What date? The 9th. Okay. So the 8th is a Monday.
0: And the 9th is a Tuesday. Okay. And so we could put this on bulk. Because I
1: think this does. Charles just raised a question. I, as I'm thinking through this, I think it, it's it would be valid to put this in front of that rules committee because a lot of the company managers are there and they can weigh in on this.
0: Well, since we're already keeping it, it's just a matter of emailing it. That's all it is. I yeah. mean, it, it's electronic, so.
11: Okay, Nathan,
29: still alive. Uh, I was just calculating in my mind the volume of paper that this would entail if it was printed out in hard copy and transmitted to the Taxi Commission office. Taller than me on a monthly basis. I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of the sense of it. You know, in case of, of yellow cab, luxury cab, we have all this on a moment-by-moment a moment basis. You wonder who's driving, you know, what cab do you drive now, 588 or something? <laughs> you wonder where you are, we can tell them. So I, I don't see what the Utility is for us to have this in our records and transmit it to the Taxi Commission as well. I mean, it's just enormous.
1: I I see your point, and I also see the point of the drivers who are coming to us to try to get a medallion, and we have these smaller cab companies who have very poor record-keeping claiming that they've lost rosters, there's no record. So I... This is exactly the kind of thing I want to think about to see how we can write this rule in a way that doesn't make it onerous. Because as you talk, I'm thinking also the the volume of paper that would be required to do a 500-person, 500 500-medallion 500 cab company and to transmit that amount of information would be a lot. So I'm I'm trying to think about this in my own. Maybe mind. there could be
0: an exception for companies that have computerized right. um, records. It
29: would be nice, you
1: know, for anybody who has instantaneously available electronic. Yeah documents could be exempt, for instance.
0: Well, but even some have it in Excel, and that's not acceptable. That's where a lot of problems are coming in. They're claiming their computers are crashing. That has never been a problem with Yellow and Luxor. Never. So maybe an exception could be.
1: Yeah, we're going to think about this. All right. Next speaker.
5: Just... uh, echo what uh, Nate just said. I mean, you know, you figure we've got, we do daily rosters for 500 cabs going out twice a day. And so it's an enormous amount of information that I don't think would be referenced very much for all the effort that we'd have to put and put that out. From what I hear you're saying, though, if the, uh, it seems to me that if we have rules, they need to be followed and there should be penalties for the rules. I would rather the Commission coming up and saying, hey, uh, one, the rules already say you're supposed to, you know, these rides, these rosters are supposed to be available on demand. Then why can't, if they're not, uh, there'd be penalties involved, whether it be a, you know, a $1,500 fine or whatever. And I would think that, uh, this might create some thing. And if somebody just gets fined two or three times, they want to do it, then they shouldn't have a color scheme. But I'd rather enforcement come down that way rather than us sending, you know, killing three trees a month. and Even electronically, it's just a huge amount of data that doesn't seem like it's really necessary. Thank you. Thank you. (coughs)
20: Again, uh, Inspector Reynolds, Taxi Detail. You're right, it is a huge huge amount of data and actually this is a request that I have made to Jordana to help us in the enforcement phase. Again, the the larger companies, Yellow, Luxor, we haven't had problems with these companies. It's the smaller ones. It's those ones that I keep talking to you about that don't want to follow the rules. And so what happens is when they are on three, four, and five uh, layers, when they have uh, illegal brokers handling... (coughs) Um, those medallions. Gee, Taxi Detail is doing an investigation. Let's lose all those documents and then therefore once they're lost there's nothing the police department or the Taxi Commission can do. And then they come up with all kinds of excuses. Uh, They're computer fried. They're dog-aided. It's just excuse after Excuse. And, of course, we try to do the administrative, and it just gets all bogged down, and the end result is nothing comes accomplished, the violations continue, the drivers suffer because they can't prove that they've met their 800-hour rule. And that's why this is the only way that I can see to fix it. It's going to cost money, there's no doubt about it, but right now it's costing a large amount of money in the taxi commission and the taxi details budgets just trying to get these documents on every investigation we do. And then if you pick on certain color schemes, the racial profiling card is played, or you're you're picking on me because I'm a small color scheme, or you're in somebody's pocket. And so this is what we came up with a fair way to try to make sure everybody complies with the rules so we can stop the color schemes that are violating the rules and not playing fair. Thank you. Thank you
1: back, do you want to speak? No. Okay, public comment is closed. Um, so we're going to agendize this for the Rules Committee meeting. And as I'm thinking about this, I think the bottom line is that we want to have all the information accessible and and stored and, and there when we want to get to it. The question is, how do we write a rule that doesn't, be onerous for people who are already complying with the rule and yet gets those who aren't complying with the rule into compliance somehow so that's what i'm going to be thinking about
0: we also want we want the records in our possession i mean yellow and luxor again there's they have computer systems that it's impossible to go back and fabricate prior records but with an excel document that is not the case anyone can go into excel and delete someone's name or add someone's name in for a particular shift at a particular time mm-hmm. we all know that and the thing is, I mean, Yellow and Luxor, again, as Ron points out, we have not had this issue. But with other companies, we've heard every excuse about records and then, you know, names are appearing and disappearing. If we could get these records in, we would have them in our possession. And then, you know, and they could be electronic. We have a, a vast server that di- stores all of our ma- materials. So as far as data storage, that's not an issue. We would store those records, and then any time someone needed to verify or do an investigation with such-and-such such driving at such-and-such such time, we'd just be able to go in and view the records. Or if it's Yellow and Luxor, we call them up on the phone and ask for it, and they always provide it to us in a timely manner.
6: Well, other, can I ask a question? Wouldn't it be feasible just to say that we could have an electronic transfer once a month, and the first time you fail to give your electronic transfer, you have to hard copy for a year?
0: Yeah, I mean, it says copies. It doesn't say hard copies. The, the storage well, of paper, no, the 12, it says companies shall maintain at their business office the hard copy. That doesn't mean they give the commission the hard copy. That just means they store the hard copy at their place because the police might come in and you see. But for us, I was envisioning that they would email it and it's all electronic. There's no paper generated They've got the record at their own computer anyway.
6: I'm, I'm reading this different thing because I'm I'm saying that color schemes shall submit copies of the daily schedules to the tax commission on the first day of each month. So, am I on the wrong?
0: Yeah, it just says copies. I mean, we could clarify that it could be electronic copies. You know, it doesn't have to be. It's just as copies. They could do it by paper or by electronic. Well,
6: well I'm, you know, I can, as a escape hybrid, I want to save a tree.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> can put that but, in electronic. I mean, for the Well,
6: nurse. isn't the issue that we'd prefer to have it electronically, but we have situations where they refuse to give us the electronic information, so now we don't have any information at all. Why can't you just say if you don't? give us an electronic copy, then you have to give it a hard copy.
0: Okay. I can write that in for the rules committee one. Yeah, I think
1: I really want to discuss this at rules because we'll have a lot of people there and they can think about what the logistics are. And, you know, people who are in the companies can think about trying to maybe come up with some ideas on how they know what we want. We want to know where all the cabs are at all times and we want to have that be checkable to go back and, and access that. But we want to do it in a way that's not cumbersome and that doesn't kill a lot of trees and stuff. So, I think that's where we'll leave it here today, and people can be thinking about that issue that'll be raised at our next rules committee. So, next item.
0: Okay. Well, um, the um, I just want to say one thing about the merger. So, the board did vote 11 to 0 to approve the merger on the first read. It will go for second read at next Tuesday's meeting. Um, so, just so everyone. Have they announced
1: the executive director?
0: I don't believe they have. Yeah.
1: But they. So the board didn't require that before they voted today?
0: Yeah, I think that um, I can't speak to that issue. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the next item then will be – oh, and I would also – one more thing about next meeting. Our next meeting for the ninth will be the safety hearing. So we have, unfortunately, some items that were continued due to, a quote, request for continuance, a disciplinary case – so it will start at 630, but we do have a safety hearing. I'm trying to attract Dan Borg from the airport to come and speak about the fleet inspections for the year. And the new safety camera um, specifications will be announced at that hearing. And then Ron will do a report and myself on what's been happening in the industry over the past year um, and some improvements that people might recommend. So that's going to take the bulk of the hearing next time, just so you're aware of that. Okay. Next time,
13: is adjournment.
1: Meeting is adjourned, thank you.
2: Thanks.